0: We used to be four people, now we're three. Was there any fear of like, well, that's it? We were tipped off right before. We were like, oh, oh, uh uh-oh. How did you retain the name
1: the Try Guys? It was very culty. And we all drank the f***ing Kool-Aid.
0: What is the recipe for a viral Try Guys video?
1: (laughs) Wait, but we can get real inside baseball with you guys because the channel's all
0: about it. The Try Guys was originally four members that met while working at BuzzFeed before they went off independent to build one of the most impressive creator brands on the platform. But as I'm sure a lot of you know, in October of 2022, they had a very public fallout with one of their founding members, Ned Fulmer, who had an affair with an employee at their company. In this conversation, we talked to Zach and Keith about what that was like for them. We also talked to them about how they've built their creator business and the storytelling tactics that they use to make some of the most viral videos on the platform. Some of these tactics we honestly had never heard before, and I think all creators can learn from. We left that brainstorm being like, this
1: is too easy of an idea. It was so obviously a slam dunk that none of us wanted to do it. Our whole career was built on trying to go viral, and it's, well, here you go, buddy.
0: (laughs) Before we get into the conversation, we want to thank the sponsor of today's episode, which is our friends at Spotter is a company that helps creators get the capital they need to grow their businesses. And they've already paid out over $775 million to creators like Dude Perfect, MrBeast, Eric, Canigra Dion, and 400 more creators. But Spotter's not just focused on accelerating creators through capital. When you work with Spotter, you get access to exclusive creator events. Colin and I actually planned the first annual Spotter Summit that happened earlier this year. It was a week where we all got to travel together as creators, and we brought in experts from companies like OpenAI, AI and Pixar. We got to learn from them, but also got to learn from each other. We've also been hosting workshops here at our studio where we're working directly with the Spotter team to build tools that solve problems for all of us as creators. So if you're a creator and you're interested in joining this community and working with Spotter, click the link in our description. It's spotter.com Colin and Samir, and reach out to find out if you're eligible to partner with Spotter. All right, now for our conversation with Zach and Keith from The Try Guys. Has your accolades written down, so he'll but like I don't have all of them, off. so
2: I will off the dome do the best that I okay, can. Okay, wow, okay,
0: right. go for it.
2: So, you guys met as junior producers at BuzzFeed by the time you had correct a- oh, sh- <laughs> in 2014. Samir, <laughs> yeah. so take yeah. over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys met as
0: junior producers in 2014 <laughs> at BuzzFeed, and over the next four years, you guys garnered two billion views. Mm. Did you know that? It's a lot of views, mm-hmm. and you decided to actually leave and start your own production company, second try. Since then, you guys released a New York Times bestseller. You went on a tour, mm. and you have made amazing videos. I'm losing mm. the <laughs> bullet points in my head right now. Um, but you recently reached like extreme mainstream attention, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. which is always interesting to see people from our, you know, the the internet world, the internet creator world, kind of reach this mass attention and you're here alive and kicking still creating here we are it's been Mm -hmm. almost 10 year journey Mm -hmm.
1: yeah which is wild first of all hey guys thanks for having us us. thanks for being here for people who don't know our voices i'm zach i'm keith um
0: yeah i'm I'm samir (laughs) are we doing that (laughs) no colin yeah colin
1: uh it's it's been wild and i i seldom have moments where I'm able to realize that it's been a decade. Mm. Um, And uh, frankly, I I talk about this a lot, both internally and externally to anyone who will listen to me. It's like, it's just been this blur. And there are big swaths of our career where we, I feel like I've just been swept up like a tornado and you hold on tight and here you go.
3: Mm. But
1: Mm. certainly in the last decade, we've been able to do unbelievable things. We've been able to use the Try Guys, this amorphous property to unlock Dreams that we've had our whole lives, dreams we didn't dare to dream, uh, things we never thought we'd be able to do. It's been a really uh, giving property to us and that it's Mm -hmm. allowed us to do so many different things and explore in so many different directions. Yeah,
4: both in the like
1: career opportunities like
4: writing a book I, know, yeah. I barely read mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, me so too. I yeah. never thought I would write a best-selling book as there's probably one of the least read humans that mm. people watch <laughs> I really am a bad reader uh, but but like there's the create yeah the, the you know uh, goals for your your growth as an artist but then also just the try guys show lets us have yeah. experiences most humans don't have totally mm-hmm. yeah we just flew a plane.
0: Oh, so dope!
4: And like that won't come uh, out for like a month or so. But like we flew, we t- took off and landed a plane.
0: You know, mm-hmm. I-, I was thinking crazy. that was is crazy. Thinking <laughs> about that, and y- you guys in Yes Theory, I would say, mm-hmm. are two creators I look at, and I'm like, you get to live life in such a uh, extravagant way, where you get to not only is it the experiences, but probably when you were flying that plane, you get to meet just interesting people, right?
4: Yeah, we, you know, you're meeting like people who are the are at the top of the field of what this is. Like when we trained to do dog sled racing on a glacier, Mm -hmm. we met uh, these twin sisters who are Iditarod competitors. Hmm. Like that's, how often do you meet
1: someone who does the Iditarod regularly? Totally. Life is all about experiences and we are so lucky and blessed (laughs) that we have a job of experiences. What
0: Mm -hmm. are some of the ones that stick out to you in your head over the past nine years?
1: Of wild experiences? Yeah, of
0: just ones that are like, wow, I never thought I would do that. But that was like something that has really impacted my life.
1: I mean, it tends to be that the the worse they were in the moment, the more memorable they are, yeah. and that, I think there's a, a beautiful metaphor in there. Sure. But like, we swam in the open ocean with sharks, harrowing, terrifying, yeah, really stupid, but man, what a what a memory. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When we did that aforementioned uh, dog sledding video, we almost got stranded on a glacier mm-hmm. when uh, the helicopter broke down and there was an ice storm approaching and they were like, hey guys, so we may have to camp out for three days. May last a <laughs> week and we're like
4: what yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily so, that didn't happen we got out but uh, it was scary when you're on a helicopter and there's like oh now it's working we're like yeah it is yeah <laughs> we know it's it's really gonna fly us safely mm-hmm. and you have to hope helicopters it does.
0: are just generally scary they're yeah. scary yeah. yeah
4: they're definitely scary in
0: the movies they feel so exciting and then you go in one for real and you're like, this is wobbly, like way it, more wobbly it, mm-hmm. than yeah. I thought, you yeah. know,
4: yeah. they're, they're sort of scary little guys. Yeah. <laughs> and they move. Like yeah. I was actually <laughs> saying that they kind of move like humans move in that, in yeah. that like you, you can, I, uh, you sure. can move mm-hmm. any way direction you want <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. you can stop moving suddenly. Yeah. You have every dimension <laughs> available it's to you. It's weird to be right. in, inside of something that moves the way people do, but, uh, but also can go just straight up suddenly. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the thing that impacted my life the most, just was actually a a horrible experience for me and it was similar to the Mm. swing with sharks. But before we did that, we like survived on a life raft and immediately I got unbelievably sick and started vomiting until there was nothing left in me and I started dehydrating. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, this is what it would be like to die Mm. on a shipwreck. Mm. Because I thought this is a real thing that's happened to people. It's not a joyous experience. This isn't like Mm. when we try... You know, dog sledding. Like, this is a cool activity. Yeah. This is yeah. a traumatizing experience that people have endured, mm. and often you die at the end of enduring it. Sure. So that was like a really like scary and uh, weird. Like, wow, that this is. I just felt like I understood what it would be like to die in that moment, and it was very uh, upsetting.
0: And how much of like you know, you look back at these experiences, you guys have had. Like, this has to bond you in a way that's. Right, like yes. I, I've been, I played sports in high school and college, and we had like tough days of practice, and I, mm-hmm. that like kind of binds you in this crazy way.
1: A hundred percent. If you want to get close to your friends, uh, stay late after work, oil them up, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, sure. do a Kim K photo shoot. You're gonna become <laughs> <Yeah>. friends real <laughs> yeah. fast. Yeah. Get your pubes lasered off. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, sure. You know, fly a pencil that, that together.
0: Yeah, there, there's a <laughs> shot in that video of you guys of Zach mm. shaving his nether regions. Yes. Hilariously. And prior to getting laser, because you have to do that. Yeah. Which you, I
1: felt was it kind of defeat the purpose of having, I felt that that should have been an all-in-one sure. experience. Mm-hmm. But please go on. yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah.
0: But you lift <laughs> your leg towards the camera mm-hmm. and your heel... Mm. is revealed and for some reason that was the shot that made me most uncomfortable in that <laughs> whole video it's, an intimate <laughs> it's too intimate yeah. I, like when you see someone's heel and then their hamstring uh-huh did you edit that yourself no we
1: uh <laughs> okay we had one of our editors Skyler uh bravely volunteered to do that one wow. and he he definitely saw things that he can't unsee sure. mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah. again we that, thank him for that we all that did. kind of
0: <laughs> creates a bond in the company that's yeah, yeah that's yeah, I unique. mean, we, we
1: try our best to uh, be respectful of, of, of boundaries. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, if we're going to have a video like that, that's like, hey, sure. there's some more sensitive stuff on on yeah. screen. Are you comfortable with this? Do you find this fun and funny? And yes. luckily he he did and wanted to do it. Yeah.
0: yeah. When I thought about what happened in, you know, last fall, mm-hmm. you know, with you guys going from four members to three very abruptly,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I thought about the, you know, history that you guys have. And like from the outside looking in, we can look at that, you know, uh, uh, scandal and, or, or I, I don't know how you guys refer to it. How do you guys talk about it? Uh, we try term? not to. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 what would it's like the term that you uh, use? Yeah,
4: I mean. I mean, it was a scandal, right? Scandal? Like, I think that is kind of, especially with how much publicity was around it. Yeah. I think scandal's kind of the right term. It was, it was just a, it was a surprise. Yeah. A bad
1: surprise. <laughs>
0: We, we can call it the so,
1: event of 2022. Let's call it the event mm-hmm. it of like, Q4 yeah,
4: It was like a divorce, Q3, a sudden yeah. and
0: abrupt divorce. Mm-hmm. It, it, and that's like very abrupt from so many different angles, from the, you know, audience, from, you know, you guys as yeah. co-founders and co-hosts mm-hmm. and, and a comedy group f- from your company. Like, how are you guys now, you know, months, months later? And like, how has this experience been of going through that publicly?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're meeting us right now. We're still in a transition, yeah. right? It's uh, uh, it's something that fundamentally shook the core of, of... It shook our core, the core of our company. It shook the core of what we do and how we do it. Um, and I think within that, we're also taking it as an opportunity to uh wake up from this crazy wild ride that's been the Try Guys up to this point to reevaluate who we are and who we want to be going forward. Um, people are often surprised at the process of our videos. I mean, things take months for us to make um, a lot of our videos. You know, we're shooting without a recipe, which is our big uh, winter series. We're shooting it in like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, we're shooting it next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's <laughs> going to
0: come out in winter. In the winter. Yeah. That's yeah. our holiday oh, wow. in November. Because we so. just
1: like to, you know, we really like to give our edits a lot of time. That's cool. This is a craft thing yeah. that we can get into mm-hmm. later. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't mean to uh, get off track from the real question. So I've talked about this where I felt like the first several years of the Try Guys was this just like this wild fever dream where this thing hit that none of us expected to hit, and within it, we found this opportunity to, as we talked about, unlock these dreams, build a company, which was never on my radar, and so we, we fucking went for it, man. We, we, we held onto the dragon, and we wrote it, and so this was this, like, moment where I felt like I, like, (gasps) I woke up, and it's like, what even, what happened these last few Mm -hmm. years? So, Long story short, I think now we are finding our company in a in a much healthier place. I think that it it brought us all together. It allowed us to reevaluate what we want to focus our energies on, um, and and to shape the company in our image to be uh, less driven maybe by uh, uh, short term goals yeah. and to really re. Um, recommit to our audience what we care about. I, I've told, you know, we, t- we say we're not in our, our viral phase anymore. We're in our cultivation phase. We want to cultivate yeah. our relationship with our audience and we want to also cultivate our own relationship with the content we make to refocus on what matters and why. I a lot of buzzwords in that, but I mean them all. And, yeah. and like, do cool
4: stuff that will be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Something that we're doing is we're going to put on a, a live Romeo and Juliet that's going to be a ticketed live stream where mm. we are going to do Romeo and Juliet. And anyone who's viewing it, there will be polls that change elements of the show or change out the props we're using or change the characters it's we're playing. Gamified. It's It's mm-hmm. a very gamified version. We've always wanted to do like a Shakespeare thing because like it takes a lot of effort to put a, put on a play. We Mm -hmm. have to study the
1: text. It's like, we're actually like going to school for the next month to learn how to read Shakespeare. But
4: it's also like, how fun would it be to be an internet company that puts on the most archaic traditional
0: Mm -hmm. theater? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I also think that's now this is just another sidetrack, but it's like so interesting to me. I feel like with the rise of AI and like some of the software and technology that's coming into creativity, Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a deep craving, or I have a deep craving to go watch theater or stand up comedy and mm-hmm. like yeah. watch someone real perform in front of me. Uh, I think that's, that's the only like a, chance that we have yeah. against
1: the machines sure. is mm-hmm. to bring back yeah, person yeah, yeah. to person entertainment. Live
4: performance is going to always be necessary.
0: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. for sure.
4: Because uh, people, we like robots. <laughs> right, I like that. My we car. Are, listen, if they're helps listening, we like yeah. you guys. I yeah. like robots. robots. Yeah. There yeah. are a lot of practical Look, for the uses. Record, I got
2: nothing against yeah. robots. Yeah. We love you. Wally's yeah. adorable. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah.
4: but uh, you know, there's some. We we like people. People like people always. Mm. We like the characters and we like actors and sitcoms more than we like the sitcom itself. Yeah, we just we connect to people. There's no way to not. We find faces in things that don't have faces, right? Because we we like yeah. people. So I think that always live performance and special theater will will mm-hmm. still exist forever even
1: if there is other artificial intelligence media that exists alongside of it. Mm-hmm. I think the the event yes. taught me and reminded me that this whole all this shit's ephemeral. Nothing lasts yeah. forever mm-hmm. and we have a choice as creators. We can try and chase this dragon forever we can try and be the master of a constantly changing viral landscape and every time a new platform comes out we can go we're going to be the best at tiktok we're going to be the best at quibi we're going to be the best at whatever new thing comes out did mm-hmm.
0: anyone say that we're going to be the best at quibi Someone that yeah, uh, uh, okay, right. i'm sure we, someone we probably was. thought about it for a second yeah yeah we thought about yeah, it we all thought about it. maybe i could be the best we all had very demeaning a, meetings look, so i with wanted exactly. their <laughs> money too yeah there was <laughs> a compelling reason to give us their money there's a compelling reason to try and be the best at quibi yeah yeah They they had a lot of dollars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I I look at that and I go, do I want to be rounding the corner into my 40s and my 50s still trying to keep up with the trend of the week or do I want to just let myself do things that I enjoy as an artist and say it's okay Mm -hmm. to not be the most viral creator anymore? And that's kind of the phase that I I, I find myself in now Mm -hmm. is a little bit of acceptance and a little bit of trying to refocus my attentions away from that, you know, that BuzzFeed yeah. brain that we had. We, we were trained in, a, uh, in an environment of needing everything to always go as viral as seemingly possible, to be as broad as possible, to reach as wide an audience as possible. And uh, I, I just think that at a certain point, that's a little bit creatively corrosive. Yeah. Mm. So I'm trying to get over it. At the same time, though, we built a big company. And there's a lot of people who
4: work for us. So we, yes. have so yeah, have yeah, we have to. We have responsibility. There's, <laughs> the, there's the, like, we have to still make it that what we like to do is stuff people want to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so you, yeah. you, you intersection still have to, be to be be. have limitations to your creativity
1: of like, well, it's still. It has to be things to a people want to watch. And a thumbnail that mm-hmm. people going on. Yeah. It has to be things people want to watch. It also has to be profitable mm-hmm. because art and commerce have always been inextricably connected. Mm-hmm. You can't just make art for selfish reasons because, we have to pay bills. We have people that work with us. We, we need to support their lifestyle, their families, yeah. our lifestyles, our families. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Monet only painted the water lilies because he had a rich benefactor. So you could have a patron, Patreon type mm-hmm. relationship. You mm-hmm. can try and work off of ad dollars. You have to have some solution where your art is made in a responsible way. If you don't, then you're, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yes. then,
0: then you're like, I guess, an artist. Then for you. yeah. you're a real artist. Then <laughs> you're for real You're just making
1: it for you. You're a real artist. That's part of getting older, too. It's, you know, totally. our, our, mm-hmm. our our priorities are shifting. We mm-hmm. want to spend time with our loved ones, and mm-hmm. we want to make sure that everyone that we work with has yeah. um, uh, reliable incomes. So how does the business primarily
2: work? And has it changed? Like, what, what are the ways that Try Guys actually produce an income and are able to afford these employees.
4: Yeah. I mean, there's the, the YouTube channels, the biggest, right? Because it's the, the video content. That's what people want the most from us. But we have several, we have three podcasts under the company. Now we have, we do sponsored stuff. We're like, still what's good is we're considered a very like safe
1: brand. Like, which is crazy. Cause we say fucking shit and take our pants off all the time. Right? But mm-hmm. brands think we're very safe. So we love yeah. that. Yeah. So like, yeah. um, <laughs> That, that's good, we do some
4: amount of sponsored work and we get to work with um, some good brands, I think. We have a Patreon, we have we have all of the social channels, N- the mm-hmm. most of them don't really make you a ton of money, but the hope is they keep you in people's minds, so they direct them to the sure. places that do make us money. Um, And that's, that's mostly it. I mean, we, and we have a good, we have a strong library.
1: You're
0: primarily an ad based business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which is mm -hmm. most creative businesses. We're
1: trying now to, um, diversify those, those income streams as well. We want to get to a place hopefully in the next year or two where we are less reliant. You know, right now our business is very reliant on a steady output of releases. New releases make more money than old releases. If we don't put out two videos a week, our company goes under. That's more or less where we are. Right. So to try and find some stability where we can take some big swings mm-hmm. and maybe get to a place where we're doing quality over quantity. The goal yeah. is to have our quality and our quantity be in step with each other. Um, but things like our live streams, you know, this, this Romeo and Juliet stream, it's like, cool, if we can do two ticketed events a year yeah. where we're going basically going on tour all around the world in one night And we're going to do a high, you know, we did without a recipe. We did a live cooking special back in December. And that was like, cool, this is a really um, high value to the audience. It's a ticketed event. And one event like that can maybe allow us to take more creative risks on the channel. Sure. um, Because it's, you know, it's an event we're actually charging for.
0: One thing that I think is pretty common amongst creators is like fear plays a pretty big factor Mm -hmm. as like when you think back to your first Try Guys video, it's kind of like you have you have nothing. Right. Like you have mm. idea and right. you just like put it out there and it's like, whoa, that works. Yeah. Once it works, you have something. Right. And then you have something to lose. Uh, which becomes like such an interesting mental battle. And the more years that it's successful, the higher the stakes of you know, the the fear.
4: Right. And the more people they're gonna be like, I used to like their videos. Right. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 But at the same time, like
4: I could I love The Simpsons. Mm. I don't watch The Simpsons. Me neither. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but I, I love it. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. and I, I love but, Family But, guy. but that I doesn't mean that. I, yeah.
4: I watch every episode of every show. Like eventually yeah. I've just seen enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I understand that as a consumer of lots of different media, I don't necessarily need to see 100% of the media that I love. Yeah. So we are producers what? of media that people love, but that doesn't mean sure. people are going to watch it forever. And also like, you know, what you well, I don't watch what I watched when I was 12. <laughs> yeah right mm-hmm. yeah right and people yeah. grow I, up and they change their tastes change or they just need something new they need to watch something yeah. different
0: Like just, I do however when I'm on a plane I always look and I'm like I'm gonna watch something new something I haven't seen hmm. before and then they have The Office and I watch The Office, right. and it's but just
1: you probably watch the seasons of The Office that you loved, not the seasons when Michael left. Of course, and then no one like, watches the seasons when well, Michael. Okay, left. Okay, that's yeah. where we're at right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> got
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that took me a second to to click. My my question was, like, did you guys have that fear? And when the uh, event of 2022 happened, was there any fear of like, well, that's it. Like the thing that we built is. Is, is lost or w- were you pretty clear that this moment, like months later, you guys sitting here, that this was, this was a large part of the reality that you were just going to work through it. And I think both we were, I think
4: what I was most afraid of was that the audience would f- had like a breach of trust with yeah. us mm-hmm. and that sure. they would feel wronged and they wouldn't want to watch anything anymore because, uh, they, their perception was that we all knew this was happening and we were okay with it, and we weren't. We were disingenuous, and which was not the case. So, and I and I would understand like if people were mad about it. And uh, what was crazy is that that it was as big as it was because mm-hmm. I think we didn't realize that people cared so much about us as they clearly did. Yeah, or it was. I think at for, any point in their lives. right? right. For some of yeah. these people, it was. It must have been as if Bill Nye the Science Guy wasn't who he said he was because yeah, they started yeah. watching at such a young age and they watched and they used us as their stress relief in high school and college yeah. and now this thing that they thought was what it was maybe it wasn't what they thought it was and they feel mm. like betrayed yeah. i think you
0: guys also stand for like um you you offered a new version of relationship especially male relationships yeah right mm-hmm. and you very much stand for like what does a modern version of a male relationship look like, or just a new version of it. Where when I was growing up, the male relationship was nothing like what you guys look like, right? Right. And, but I, when I, when that started to become more okay to be a little softer, a little bit more vulnerable, just like kind of more, I don't know, real with your male friends, it was so relieving that that, like that is very much what my male friendships look like today. But I think you guys are a large part of what a lot of people consider themselves coming into their their own identities, right? Which I think probably plays into like, as something like that happens, it breaks that feeling of like, wait, but you guys informed me coming into myself. Mm-hmm. What is this, you know? Sure. I, yeah, yeah. I don't
1: know that we would ever take credit for creating that or just sure. being part of that. Yeah. But there's a, an undercurrent of, uh, an overcurrent of non-toxic masculinity that was at the core of our content for right. a long time, which I think is a big reason why the whole thing felt like such a, a deep betrayal. Right. Yeah. Um but I, I we I think we had a pretty big confidence in our creative abilities that we knew that the core of creatively what was happening within the group wasn't going to change the output. Right. Like the core of how we operated creatively. Didn't change. Got it. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that from that perspective, we weren't gonna miss a beat. Got and it. there was a little bit of like reinvigoration. I, I think that I personally had just felt very stagnant for yeah. a mm. year or two, um, and had c- kind of gotten to a point where I was like, ugh, maybe, maybe I need to move on from this in order to grow. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I've run my course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we all had echoes of that sure. within our minds. Um, and, and then just that debate of, is this where? we can do all the things we want to do. Yeah. Um, and so for better or for worse, this shit happened. It allowed us to kind of reinvigorate our passion for mm. the group. Um, it it made me more excited to think about what it could become.
2: You know, what's interesting, Keith, you said like it was bigger than you imagined or that you thought maybe it would be. And in a way you're speaking to the reaction from your actual audience, but there was this whole other element. <laughs> sure. Like, like trending on Twitter is one thing. Creators trend uh, on Twitter. It happens. But showing up on SNL in a sketch is
4: somewhat unheard of. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I was like, we I just like I just don't think we're important enough to be the
2: opening (laughs) sketch. Yeah. Like they did like like you got to that point where my mom has to text me. Yeah. right, Right. And say What's but this Try Guys thing yeah. right. because wow. it has like entered her world yes it wow. got they into everyone's world, world. Yeah. it got and so I,
4: viral that you know Seth Rogen's like what's a Try Guy yeah. and people it's getting into other people's spaces that are like why is my timeline filled up yeah. with these people I don't know and then other people are like how do you not know them yeah, I wonder uh, yeah.
1: If, like with the death of Twitter, if we're gonna get to be one of the last uh, true viral events. <laughs>
0: maybe so. It's you maybe. I mean, you're definitely one of the most viral events of the last. You yeah, know, I think
4: we were in a roundup at years. the end of the year from yeah. some people like biggest viral occurrences.
1: Right, um, it's kind of a careful what you wish for, right? Our yeah, whole career yeah, yeah, was built yeah, sure. on trying to go viral, and yeah. this well, here you go, uh,
2: yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah. How did right. you guys internalize the take that SNL had, which was yeah. that? The video you guys put out that were silly was yeah potentially like too self serious uh-huh yeah it too was, extreme of a reaction was sort of their commentary
4: right right it was very frustrating at when to watch it because at first like when it came on I was like wow what if this is funny and it mm-hmm. like and they have a take that it works for us yeah. well you see the first screenshot and it's
1: that's us. Yeah, and it's that's crazy. my shirt. Yeah. That's, us. Like, that's us. I still have that shirt your, in my drawer, and I don't they know. They nailed what to do your with it. shirt. They, they really really nailed it. Your
0: Yours shirt. wasn't exact, yeah. right? But, no. it was but it was. easily. All my wrapped. shirts are
4: exactly the same. Yeah. So they. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but I felt like you toned down the shirt for that video. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was yeah. just. It mm-hmm. was just a button They, yeah. they were very were generous with how much hair they gave me. Right. That was a lot
1: of hair. As someone who struggled with a receding hairline, loved that. No, but it was you know like they've done sketches about YouTube. They did like a Dobrik inspired sketch, but they didn't. Say their names. No, they yeah. didn't. Yeah. They didn't have yeah. people playing them. Yeah. So for, there was this first moment of like, holy shit, we grew up watching this. Right. And I, yeah. I can laugh at first at like, <laughs> I was like, the food
4: baby. Yeah, like, yeah. That, yeah. That, that was funny. Yeah. I, They're covering I th- our niche references But as it kept going, I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, they don't get it. Oh no, this is yeah. not the the mainstream dialogue I want most of like right. older yeah. America to watch right before they go to bed about us. Right It's yeah. like that we're overreacting, they clearly just don't have the actual facts of what it is, and they're just trying to minimize what happened and over oversell our our reaction to it. It and, felt
1: a bit like punching down at us as opposed yeah. to perhaps mm. punching at someone else
3: mm. Mm.
4: Now there was one yeah. person who wasn't made fun of in that sketch
2: right,
4: mm. right. yeah, so that felt unfair.
0: yeah, <laughs> I
2: understand that in a way, they're kind of like trivializing the way in which you distributed actually the message. Sure. Like the mm-hmm. fact sure. that you put it out on your own YouTube channel, where else would it go? Yeah. But in a way they're kind of downplaying. Right. The it way was, it was put as if
4: out. we like did that interview for CNN. Right. Like, which this, is they, right. what it is in the sketch, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. We we it's on our channel to our audience specifically. Mm-hmm. It's now a, obviously it got way bigger because it was trending, so lots yeah. of people saw it, but it wasn't meant to be what? a it hey, was everyone in the world. This yeah, it is wasn't a
1: political address, right? We were we yeah, were talking yeah. to our audience because when you create content for the internet, you know, look, people show up because they they like your art, they like your comedy, but they're buying in for a relationship with you. It's something that is a power that we have. It's also something that we struggle with of like, oh, God, are they just here because of this parasocial connection and this sense of insight into our lives and that they know the real us. And we, of course, know that's not true. Mm. It's a tricky thing that Mm -hmm. we've tried to unpack in therapy. I'll never get to the bottom of it. Uh, But when this happens, we felt, you know, we have a responsibility to talk to our audience who has dedicated uh, at that point, nearly a decade of their lives who felt like they knew us and now this thing has happened yeah. that has, sh-
0: you know, shattered their trust. And, and, and it was so. discovered by the audience too. Like right. the mm-hmm. subreddit is a very yeah. engaged. Yeah. Like I think y- you were mentioning that you're in like your Cultivate era. Mm. I consider the Try Guys audience to be like, we-, we always think about width and depth with audiences and like yeah. right now there's ideas that have, I mean like, the sheer amount of people that Mr. Beast reaches is insane, and even every step in between that is insane. Mm-hmm. But you know, having a deep connection with a million plus people is also in, I, I, arguably more insane, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That there are like that—that yeah, sure. that many people will watch your wedding video,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah—is yeah. wild right. and care about it in a way, and like. It, it'll move them and they might cry like that is, yeah. Yeah. that is a whole nother level of connection and um, intimacy that I think in other like challenge style videos on YouTube of someone trying something, you know, in that genre doesn't exist in that genre. Because yeah, like right. anyone can make an I tried video. Which a lot of people are doing, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like see, a, you
1: try. There's emotions. a recipe. <laughs> you yeah. Try and do what I do. You think you can lazy your taint? You think it's easy? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you guys were like, you were so early even to that yeah. concept, yeah. Of that yeah. format, and it has become like an entire industry <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. on YouTube and on the internet. And I agree with Samir that I think like what differentiates you is that you can put up a video about your wedding, and it's one mm-hmm. of the highest performing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it's it's a. It's an awesome and terrifying responsibility. Totally, It's, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's given us everything. Uh, and it also is sometimes is forced mm-hmm. to be everything. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, um, it's a hard thing to wrap your mind around. Um, you just, I, I, I've really tried to navigate that responsibly. I, yeah. I kept my relationship secret for years two years, not because I wanted to make some big to do about it, but because I knew that there would be a lot of attention put upon my relationship as evidenced by the intense amount of attention put on the other relationship. (laughs) So I was like, I don't want to turn my relationship into a, into a funnel for likes. I don't want to get into that part of my brain where I go, Oh, if I am on vacation, I better take some videos of me and my girlfriend so Mm -hmm. that we get some likes on Instagram. I wanted to grow it in my own heart. And then when I realized, yeah. okay, Maggie and I are going to be together forever, time to introduce her. Even the wedding stuff, it was it was this balance of how do I do it in a way that we're just going to take media that we're already taking from this weekend to share something that I think is cool, mm-hmm. that I think is fun, that I'm happy to, without violating personal boundaries, without feeling like I'm performing at mm-hmm. my own wedding. I've seen other YouTubers who are like, straight on like, t- like selfie yeah, yeah, camering yeah. at their and wedding. I'm like, by
0: that's
4: fucking better health mm. crazy. Yeah. If you're not, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not to you. present at your own sure. wedding, if you're, if you're performing for someone else,
0: you're doing an ad read in the middle. Right. Yeah. It's just,
4: you know, it's supposed to be. I mean, weddings are, are goofy <laughs> to begin with, right? They're very bizarre. Ceremonies. I guess they are performative inherently. They, they are performative. <laughs> but it is still like, it's something you're, it's really for you and your spouse or about yeah. to be spouse. It's really, and then, and your friends. It's a celebration. It's like, hey, we really like every uh, all of you and we want you to be here cuz we really like this other person and mm-hmm. so are you cool with this? Let's all party together. Yeah. That's it's really supposed to be intimate. Even if it's for, four, for 400 people, it's intimate to those 400 people. So how and you did a great job of but I know it was something you stressed over is like sharing the right amount where people feel like they are included in watching this wedding but also everyone who went to the wedding got
1: the actual We were able able to be there. Right, right, you were able to be there. I told the 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 videographers, if you need someone to perform, go to Keith. I'm booked. I'm I'm living. Was there any
2: conversation around not putting wedding content on the channel? Because it is like stylistically, it's drastically different than the majority of the videos. Um, Especially coming off of like what happened last year with like fans getting connected to personal identities. Mm. Yeah. You know, I I, I think there's like two to three videos around the wedding. Was there any
1: like programming conversations of like, well, there was this question of like, should we just not touch relationship stuff? Sure. And uh, I decided, one, I didn't want to let someone else ruin my fun. This was something I was looking forward to for a long time. I, yeah. I mm-hmm. was excited to have the opportunity to turn something I loved into art. Um, but I also knew we had a plan of how to go about it in a way that didn't feel invasive. So yeah. one it. of the videos was about an unfortunate hospital mishap I had. That's an incredible tale. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, it's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just wild. a wild it's a wild tale yeah, wh- I, I spent a month leading yeah. up to my wedding in the hospital in and out of it and that honestly partially came out of like a sense of guilt yeah. where mm. the fact that I was hospitalized for so long meant that like I f- totally fucked our release schedule and yeah, what yeah, we could yeah, film yeah. and by the third hospitalization I was like I gotta do something productive with this fucking time I'm like just right. going mm. crazy so that's where that one came from It was <laughs> <laughs> I think it was maybe the second or third ho- hospitalization too where we were texting and I was
4: like so you're like you're, like, vlogging. Some of you. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> it's crazy. It's <laughs> like, I just know that you like to tell stories, and Let's this story it. is happening, so crazy. you got to yeah. tell it.
2: That's so good. Um, I think it's so interesting that part of that was guilt.
1: Yeah, so I'm well. Like, you're going through something. It's <laughs> guilt. Like, it's boredom. It's yeah. just, like... You know, we are, at the end of the day, we are storytellers. And so if you have a great story, you have to tell it. But yeah, yeah, we we don't don't think you're not contributing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, just there's a lot of content that has to be
4: made. There's only a a few of us that are regularly in all the content. Obviously, one of our goals is broadening our cast and getting more people and just have more faces and more lifestyles and and backgrounds on the channel in general because Mm. the whole idea is it's people trying something they never tried before. At this point, we've tried a lot. And this—it's uh, hard for me to have an overwhelming new experience, just because I've had so many. You but, had one uh, this morning, Here. I, right? Yeah. I a, I'm drinking mud. We gave him mud. Water. I'm drinking dirt. Yeah, go. that's and right. It's, it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> my tongue feels weird. Uh, um, but like, but you know, I was about to go do an off-Broadway show for, yeah. and I was going to be gone for six weeks. You we were about to do the wedding. We already knew he was going to be gone during that time for his honeymoon. So content still had to come out on the channel. Um, I was, and like, we were going to have something that Zach was going to host and then he got injured. So I was hosting it, which was fine, but it also just like, wasn't what the channel was supposed to have on it Mm -hmm. because we like to have a decent spread of who's appearing on it. So it doesn't look like only one person is. Sure. There. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It sucks mm-hmm. right
1: now. If you scroll back, it's like Keith, 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 Keith face. Just try yeah. saying that yeah. 10 yeah. times yeah. fast. And then my face then exactly forever, the, which yeah, no yeah, one yeah. wants. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me least of all. And it's like, this is just, we're, we're trying our best guys. Like we, we, well, uh, we're going, getting through a slog.
0: One thing I wanted to say that I think you guys nailed was the tripod podcast episode after the event. I've mm-hmm. actually listened to that, uh, three times. Oh, wow. Um, wow. First time. Cause I was very curious. Sure. The second time, because I was like, how did you leave me feeling so good? Oh no. Nice. You know, after that conversation. Mm-hmm. And then third time to really study tonally, how did you do that? Like, and that's Tell that's for me, that's, that's no from me being like an observer of our space of like, I don't think there's been a better piece of content made after like a, you know, public controversy than that hour and a half or two hour long conversation where Thank you. you guys address it you do it in a lighthearted manner it opens with you talking to the producer miles about his titling conventions of mm-hmm. a lot of the episodes being like controversial uh-huh. and mm-hmm. and it, i think one of the opening things you say is like you've L- used up all your controversial yeah, titles yeah. basically yeah. you say yeah. like <laughs> on things that weren't that controversial mm-hmm. you're like hello to like our regular viewers and no one else <laughs> uh, which is like so funny um but the, like that's tonally, i just it's something that I think I really aspire to as we continue to come into our own as creators of like as we approach controversy. Yeah, right. Yeah, Which is inevitable it. for it's inevitable. It's inevitable for everybody. <laughs> 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 but that that to Collins me was dog like fighting, a, <laughs> <breaking and fail. laughs> yeah,
2: as that comes to life,
0: we want to be able to handle it. Yeah. Th- that was just such a uh, impressive display of like your guys' authentic personalities coming forward. It, you know, in contrast to I think how like the big couch video that everyone Mm -hmm. was like talking about and tonally how people, like when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that is, that to me like pulled me more into the world of the Try Guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I'd have to assume that there has been a rise, correct me if I'm wrong, but like maybe a rise in viewership or fandom or uh, connection. Have you felt that tangibly or not? Not really.
4: Uh, I mean, maybe there was, I think, there were certainly a lot of people interested in the channel yeah. in the months following it. I think after the buzz of it all went away, a lot of those other people went away too. I they were think like, we've
1: had the opposite, to be honest, because we we got an influx yeah. of people like, what's going on? Oh, there must be drama here. I love drama. So they subscribe and then they realize we're not dramatic people. So And then they unsubscribed. So we saw a huge drop in subscribers for the first time ever. And I think that that... You know, along with other things, yeah. you know, we we got into a time when it was harder to create content. So the confluence of those events uh, led to some of our our worst performing months yeah, ever yeah, yeah. Um, to start this year, and it's something that we're we're recovering from. But it.
0: you took mushrooms on the channel, which was exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. that's
1: again our cultivate phase. That yeah. was yeah, cultivating. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to do funny, goofy stuff. That's I love
0: that. <laughs> again, I'm. I think like you're. I think it's pretty natural for creators to age up with their audiences and like aging up doesn't mean more mature content. It just means like exploring. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, like doing a format for a very long time is incredibly challenging. Uh, Not only for you guys, but it's also like the audiences, the the whole environment is changing. Sure. Um, And I think about like, you know, you guys, your guys origins are at Buzzfeed. Mm -hmm. The amount that Buzzfeed has changed. I went to their YouTube channel to look and just be like, hmm, whoa, you know, and Vice is <laughs> mm-hmm. is going bankrupt right now. Like the wild these, I don't, a wild I don't know time. It's a wild time coming out, but yeah. we're
1: we're recording this in the midst of yeah. all mm-hmm. the, the digital media, media company. Yeah. 20, yeah. The 2010s yeah. are
0: over. <laughs> do, yeah. How, yeah. how yeah. do you guys think about, you know, your own media company and how to keep things fresh? Because we look at these you know this history of media companies of the early stage when we were all coming up as internet creators i mean buzzfeed was the pinnacle of
4: yeah i mean the the whole idea content. was it was an engine that created viral content yeah. it was a viral lab so yeah. and it was very cool to work there we were working with amazingly creative people and they it, all it came the from different schools of both filmmaking or entertaining or, and it just, and everything happens so fast and you get to, you know, we were there, we were working with Quinta Brunson yeah. and we mm-hmm. were, uh, you know, we're, we were just working with just people who shouldn't have been together. It in was incredible room. creativity was, at that time. It was, it was an
1: incubator and you got to learn from everybody and teach everybody and take people's success and everyone wanted everyone to succeed. It was really infectious and it it felt like a grad school that paid us. Mm, Mm, Didn't pay us great, but it paid us. We
0: actually went to school there for a week. So we got accepted into this BuzzFeed program. Were we there? I think you guys I, I were you guys a, It was very like Hollywood lot. Like all I remember is Stephen Lim came in like a black car and the door opened and I was like, peak this of is, this it. is modern Hollywood. You yeah. know, what like, year this, were you there? Uh, that must've been There's like 2016. Channel, so yeah. We made a video about it. 2016, 2017. But, but we hmm. spent a week there and it was, it was Instagram and Buzzfeed started like a school. I must've been mentally checked out. Yeah. By that yeah, point. That, that, yeah, that, yeah. That you, it you like, can you uh, come to. I don't know anything about it. I was there. You might've come and spoken to us. I don't remember, but well, I, well, I honestly no, think I in those seven, you in seven days... and I had
2: a pretty long conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they wouldn't have yeah. trusted me yeah, to lead yeah. any
4: <laughs> educational stuff. I
2: was, in
0: those seven days, I think we learned more about like how the internet works huh? and how mm-hmm. I- video interacts with the internet than I've learned... And how to brainstorm. Yeah. like Sure. It, yeah, How to come up with an idea was, was like the the premise of that. Really
4: good for that. I mean, yeah. brains. it taught us a lot about I mean, how the internet works and how video on the internet works, especially at that time, Yeah, how video on the internet worked, they not only understood it, but I feel like defined how it worked. Totally. Uh, and Which is really about like a video gets to someone else, becomes viral because someone has to share it to someone. Mm-hmm. So why would you share it? And breaking down the different reasons mm-hmm. someone might share something. Mm-hmm. It's not, we always used to think, oh, because it's funny. Like early viral videos were funny and that's why they shared. But then you think like, but wait, why did that... Dove commercial gets so viral. It's like, oh, because it it touched people in a different way. And then you're like, okay, well, there's actually a lot of reasons people might share a video. Maybe it's because it's a identity related to them. Maybe it's because it's un, just simply unbelievable because mm-hmm. unbelievable things uh, like trick shots, they're unbelievable. Yeah. but they, And yet they happen. That's why those become viral because I can't believe that ping pong ball went 365
1: feet into a shot glass. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Does it elicit an emotion? Does it give you a piece of information? Does it uh, touch a relationship you have with people? It was a time where we were able to think of digital media, you know, whether it's videos or photos or memes as not just entertainment, not just content, but units of conversation. Um, And I don't know if that's as true anymore. I still think it is to an extent like TikTok's you know, yeah. you see a TikTok, True. you share it with your wife or each other mm-hmm. or your mm-hmm. best friend. And that is a way that you're reaching out through the cold expanse of the digital void to say, Hey, hey. love you. Mm-hmm. Thinking totally. of you. I thought you'd totally. like this. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that was a lot of what we were doing back then is thinking about how do we create pieces of media that people can use to either communicate to the world something about themselves or to connect with someone else to say, I see you. Mm. that's really the, 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 the atoms from which everything we do has sprouted.
0: Let's talk about trying on women's underwear. Yeah. What where, where, where do you think that, was that like, uh, how, do you, how do you, I guess, um, talk I, I, about like the equation of virality that's 100%. Was just, yeah.
2: to be clear, like video number that's one. That's video number our one. So first Try Guys try video. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That came out specifically out of a brainstorm where we, we left that brainstorm being like, this is too easy of an idea. It was so obviously a slam dunk that none of us wanted to do it. And we we hmm. let it like linger for two months until finally it took multiple producers coming together being like, All right, let's do it for fun. Uh, and it super crushed. But the idea of that Wait, why w- would you not want to do it? Because it was gonna perform it was well. It's too fucking it was easy. It's too on the
2: nose. It was it's too not on the nose like, yeah, it was you wouldn't have of, been proud necessarily yeah. of that. It's just yeah, it, was,
4: it was so it was just so like, well, yeah, anyone can make that <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, yeah. kind of vibe,
4: you know? Um, but it it was like we also, it, it there was a little bit of a struggle to find guys in the office who wanted to do it, right? No we, one would. We didn't mm-hmm. cast actors because you have to make a... Vi- Typically, a video was like, you have a brainstorm on Monday. Great. Book some time to shoot it on Tuesday morning. You should get a rough cut out by the end of Wednesday. And by the end of Wednesday, you should have been in a brainstorm to start the next video.
1: Yeah, we at that Whoa. time, we were responsible for six wow. videos a month. And that is like me owning the whole stack. So ideation, Whoa. shooting...
0: Produce videos a month. month? One and a half
4: videos a week. Yeah.
0: Holy smokes! So that's why like
4: you really like as soon as you come out of a brainstorm you need to be going straight to the production team to be like, I need to see what cameras and rooms are available tomorrow morning, I guess. And then you have that done. You don't have time to cast. So you just walk over to Zach and be like, Zach, are you doing anything this morning? He's <laughs> like, well, I have a brainstorm at 930. It's like, well, are you doing anything right now? Can I buy you for like 10 minutes to go eat some
1: Indonesian snacks?
0: Oh. Uh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Of course,
4: why not? Well, yeah. and, we,
1: and We also cast each other because we knew how to perform for the edits. Mm. Wait, but we can get real inside baseball with you guys because this channel is yeah, all about yeah. it. Yeah. So the reason that we made that first video was because of Facebook. Facebook had just launched their their nascent video platform. And so we had a specific brainstorm. How do we, what does Facebook video want to be? This Mm -hmm. was like week one of Facebook. And there was one video that had performed well, uh, made by another producer that was around uh, guys trying on, I want to say spanks. So we're like, cool, guys trying lady things. We do taste test, which is people trying different cultures. Maybe maybe there's something to this gender swap of it all. The irony is if we had just waited and been like, oh no, Facebook just wants fast hands and stretchy cheese. That's the secret to <laughs> Facebook. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and this was also because Facebook at the time was promising these unbelievable numbers, which we would later find out were inflated. Yep. They were using just people scrolling by to, yep. to juice their numbers. And they were also for years promising this incredible stream of revenue that was going to change the industry, which also turned out to not be true. And as a result, we saw a uh, huge companies, college humors talked about how they shifted their entire strategy mm, right. to be about native Facebook video, ended up tanking the company. They're doing quite well now with dropout, but, um, I digress. So we had this brainstorm. We came up with this idea. We came together. The we were the only ones willing to be in the video. Um, it was a huge success, and this video was a hit on YouTube and Facebook and maybe Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, where it, like it got a million views on both, you know, both YouTube and Facebook, which was unheard of for us. Usually, things would. You know, you tried to make things curated to each platform. What performs yeah. on Instagram is different than what will perform on TikTok, is different than what will perform on YouTube. Um, but we found this rare crossover hit. And so from that, we said, okay, we should do this again. We thought that maybe there were three ideas there. <laughs> that <Yeah>. was <laughs> wow, sexy. It was sort of like,
4: what is underwear? underwear. Ladies' underwear is inherently just so different from men's underwear. In some ways, it's more constrictive. In some ways, it's clearly meant to be provocative. Um, so there's a, there's a lot in there that guys haven't experienced in their clothes. So we can comment on that. Women can watch it and be like, yes, finally, someone understands me. I can send it to my friend to like commiserate, or I can send it to my boyfriend to prove a point. And then we're like, okay, what else is kind of like that? It's like, oh, well, Halloween costumes are hyper-sexualized for women and not at all. We didn't have that one yet. What, what was the no, second it was, one?
1: It was pregnancy. Oh, yeah, pregnancy. Uh, and mm. then there was like maybe oh God. There was one other that I forget. And then then a, a month later, we're like oh, Halloween costumes, same thing. <coughs> because
4: we started in September, yeah. so right yep. so right after, like okay, Halloween's coming up. Oh yeah,
1: it's like men's Halloween costumes
4: are never sexy. They're in mm-hmm. only funny. They're uh, they're like equal parts funny or scary. There's half of them are just jokes, like you dress up as a big old boner, or the other half is you dress <laughs> as a guy with a knife covered in blood.
0: Yep. There's something in the middle there, which is just like you dress as Batman, which is confusing. Right. Because what's you that? You dress as
4: childhood heroes. Yeah.
0: But what normally you like,
4: but normally you'd make it funny. It'd be like Batman who's drunk.
0: Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Batman
4: holding a beer. And right. Like your, your point is like, I'm going to be Batman at this party, but I'm going to get hammered on me. What a stressful I had a phase where right yeah. I went through
2: very simple, like children's costumes. Like, what are you? I'm a pumpkin.
4: Oh, big Grand. fan. Which is fun. Big but fan. But ultimately, it's funny. It's, yeah, right? it's sort of anti-comedy mm-hmm. funny. It, yeah. It's we'll been, go back okay. to the story. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we just realized, yeah, that's in the same way, there, we're going to be able to have guys see how it's hypersexualized. We get to make a lot of double entendre silly puns and jokes, which sure. are funny. But ultimately, at the end, it's like, wow, this is crazy that the only offering for ladies is hypersexualized. Like, even if you wanted to dress as a ladybug, it's a hot ladybug. The sexy ladybug. The sexy mm-hmm. ladybug. So that did the same thing. In fact, it did it even more so because... It was around Halloween, so people were sharing it. And then some people were sharing it and be like, well, actually, I, I love dressing as a sexy whatever. And some people were like, thank you. I, I would love to just dress as a, a normal spooky nurse rather than a, a sexy nurse. So it got lots of conversations going. And uh, for the first time, we were like, let's use the same cast. Because BuzzFeed is all about uh, iteration. Pick something from it and replicate it. And what they never did was put the exact same people in a video. Uh, and that was sort of because <laughs> pretty B- fucking obvious. Busy <laughs> didn't want the people to become famous and of that's course. why they really yeah. leaned into Tasty because it, you didn't mm-hmm. know who made it.
2: Yeah. And, and that's part of the reason that it is struggling and has struggled.
4: Yeah. Right. I mean, I definitely think that is an element, they, they were very resistant to let people become personalities within the company because, you know, in a, Business strategic way, they didn't want people to have leverage. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yep. Uh, and ask for more money because this brand relies on this person. But mm-hmm. we were just, it was really like, we, we have to make these videos so fast. I need people who know how to perform yeah. mm-hmm. what I want out of this video quickly. And because I have to put it together really fast. Mm. And so if I can just go to the same guys that I know can deliver this. I will make the video faster. It will be better. And also, it might have some sort of carryover from the last video's audience to see these mm-hmm. same guys doing this again. And it creates a better relationship. And now we're not only getting people to watch because it's a viral concept and it has a good message, but they like Zach's joke from the first one and they want to see Zach's jokes in this one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. That's like, it's going on multiple levels. I love just like, I, can't stop thinking about the units of conversation. I think like we, we talk about that a lot now and how the mediums have changed. Like back then, a share on a long-form YouTube video or Facebook was probably the easiest place to share mm-hmm. something, right? Yeah. YouTube's still kind of hard to share. Mm-hmm. Like you press the share button, then you copy the link. Yeah. And then where do you mm-hmm. put that? a right. text? Is it in an email? Right. Is it in a WhatsApp? I'm not going to share it's it the,
4: straight to Twitter where it puts, yeah. burns in some, it's check out this video. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stop it's, it. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> Don't <laughs> so, speak for me. So yeah. it's
0: actually... Harder, and that's yeah. why Instagram and TikTok are. Yeah, they have the DM, right, yeah. which is like much mm-hmm. easier to to share a unit of conversation. But yeah, like the the conceptually, like why is someone going to share that? And then you go deeper, and like I'm enjoying these character dynamics. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying the people. I, but did BuzzFeed were they like when when you guys were starting to catch? Did someone come to you and were like, "Great work, congratulations." <laughs>
4: Sure, <laughs> the, we all got pins and buttons when we made good videos, and that was sort of a weird uh, cult, Actually, cultish yeah. currency. Yes, you got a pin. Like there was a pin that had some guy's face on it for some a YouTube guy. hit. There was a different kind of pin based that, on benchmarks. Yeah, mm. that, that had, for a Facebook hit, and then and then eventually they established this weird, very it was very culty. I it's love like this like a hoodie you could get. If they, you got. they one day they oh go, <laughs>
1: "Look at this beautiful hoodie," and everyone goes, "Oh!" Wow. And <laughs> they say, "We've hoodie. gotten one for all of you." If you'd like to win it, <laughs> you must get a video that gets to one million in one week. Whoa.
0: No, it was, it was
4: three million. <sighs> Three million? Three million in a week. Yeah, okay. So, so
0: like, some guy comes in wa- wearing that hoodie, and everyone's like,
4: dang, he got three million <sighs> in a week. The, when
0: you got so, your hoodie, though, it was like your SNL jacket. Wow. It was like, welcome to the club, wow. buddy. That's And crazy. we
1: all drank yeah. the fucking Kool Aid. Oh, yeah. I now can look back and be like, wow. But back then, it was like,
2: I need Eat that fucking yeah. hoodie. Yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, that of course. is strange and culty, but it's not too dissimilar to what's happening actually with Instagram and Facebook. Like, we heard someone from yeah. Instagram speak. And they weren't talking about like monetization that comes from video. They were literally talking about like the stickers or like the little <laughs> emojis that will get sent. Have to you, you, you that upon accomplishing oh. so certain viewership we, metrics? We just had and delivering them as if it's like something I can use in my real life that I can exchange for like food. We or made something. a wow.
0: Instagram reel that went uncomfortably viral, um, and at every milestone, it was like a sticker. <laughs> that just came out of the screen oh, and I was like- made a reel that viral. Yeah. <laughs> so I stickers. Uh, now it was I really like, it kept sticker. saying new achievement unlocked. <laughs> Five million it. views. Yeah. And you were like, so what do I do with that? And that was it. It was just the, the, it was like the one out of 10 on YouTube when the confetti comes out of the screen. And it's right. just like a, a dopamine hit where you're like, yeah. mm, I did it. Yeah. I didn't I realize did I was
4: I, going, yeah. I didn't realize there was a thing to do, yeah. but I did it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I did it. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing that so many of like the current internet Rock stars are from that era of BuzzFeed.
4: Yeah, like Michelle. Yeah, Michelle Mm -hmm. is. I mean, I think she's probably the best try guy there is. (laughs) You know, Michelle Carey. She tries things to such a degree that we Mm -hmm. could never. She's amazing. She Mm -hmm. transforms her whole self (laughs) every time she does a challenge accepted video in a way that no one else could. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that she's she's one of a kind. She's uh, brilliant and she's very sweet as well. But she's she commits herself way harder than mean, yeah, She ever, just boxed. She just boxed. But she, and she you know even when she does like she ran that crazy marathon, ultra yeah, that marathon was crazy. in the desert. That's in sort the of desert, ridiculous. She does yeah, it that was, was like ridiculous, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> that's a lot. It's a lot. She does <laughs> it at a production
2: value too. That was not yeah. at BuzzFeed
4: which I yeah. think is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. She
2: takes it to this other degree that maybe you wouldn't expect would work on YouTube because it's like too polished. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice and, to
1: see. I mean, she's always loved and aspired to something more cinematic. And yeah. I, I don't know, it's something that we like to see too. Things that are more polished are, are fun. I don't think that that's the direction that YouTube is ultimately going. But you know, right. in, our, in our wildest dreams, we would hope to be kind of this somewhere in between digital and traditional sure. where mm-hmm. we can use our audiences to unlock... Uh, higher tiers of storytelling. I know that's something that yeah. she mm-hmm. shares.
0: What are you watching on YouTube right now?
1: So I my, I love, I'm a sucker for a good video essay. I really love Ryan Trahan's videos. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I might be the only person on the planet who I didn't like his Penny series. And it just, what it didn't grab mm. me. But what I love, I mean, I loved the, I was so, I think the, the model of it was so incredible. Yeah. But what I love about his videos is the crafting instruction and the way that he is able to make his audience care about something that the they algorithm does not yeah. care about. Yes. Mm. So yeah. he he did a fossil video. He yeah. built ecosystem. a tiny ecosystem. Yeah. Oh, the ecosystem was so good. So yeah, good. And you so look at the titles good. and
2: thumbnails and they are super interesting. They're super yeah. compelling. Yeah. He yeah. went yeah.
1: to Shrek Fest. I, yeah. I think that the way that he builds his videos is so wonderfully compelling. And I, I actually, I broke down for our our team the first like minute and a half of his Shrek video and the way that he laid out each uh, uh, chapter of the video, mm-hmm. but also continuously raise the stakes. And you know what? Within the first 30 seconds, you know he's going to the Shrek Fest, which is a crazy crazy thing I've never heard of. Also, he's dressed as Lord Farquaad in the middle yeah. of an airport. Also, right. he has to break into Shrek Fest. Right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Now, and now while I'm watching <laughs> him walk through an airport in a Lord Farquaad costume, he's now going to tell me the chapters of everything right. he needs to conquer, which is eating an onion and screaming and yeah. whatever. So it's just like, really expertly um uh filling me with expectations totally. and mm-hmm. raising the stakes getting me excited i i think that his craft
0: is next level yeah, he's really good he's an excellent mm-hmm. storyteller and he yeah. brings in a level of comedy that's so subtle but <laughs> mm-hmm. so good really no, yeah, funny right? it's very it's dry. so yeah. funny. simple his his like is uh, music in the first like minute how he does it and when he drops it out and yep. uh, even like the lo-fi nature of everything a lot of it being filmed on an iphone and but there's so many setups yeah there are yeah, yeah. he moves that camera it's like casey neistat mm-hmm. style it's where it's like
1: shot from many mm-hmm. different ways yeah. i don't know but it my expectation is that he approaches video. I like it because it's like me. Uh, Ooh, yeah. uh, I think that <laughs> I, I, would, I would guess that he does what I used to do a lot, which is building the edit before you shoot, for sure, and writing yeah. it out not in not in a document, but in a timeline and laying down oh, the tr- laying down music. the tr- music yeah. tracks, knowing the rhythm changes that oh. you need and. You you put in you slot in some footage you create that and then you go okay well where are the gaps Ooh, I like um, that.
0: so you're yeah. literally building it in like a premiere timeline yeah oh cool
1: rhythm is a huge huge mm-hmm. way that yeah. we approach our stories it's um you know if you watch our videos you notice that the songs change a million times I don't like a song to go more than forty five seconds preferably no more than fifteen seconds and that's all about building variable rhythms within our content oh. um, there's a reason that we never sit in an interview.
0: Well,
1: in our videos, in our videos, in our videos course, we would never well, do this. We would never do something like yeah, this. Yeah,
0: what yeah. you guys are doing here? Uh, yeah. No rhythm. Counting music tracks There's a
1: reason we don't go all of our expectations, the entire interview for 10 minutes and then our entire try. We weave it back and forth yeah, because yeah, yeah. one we're trying to create co- comedy through contrast, but we're also trying to uh, create variable rhythm. Yeah, I am so sorry for disparaging everything you do. No, no. Yeah, this is, yeah, this <laughs> is
0: divulged into us just from complimenting each other to kind of yeah, you know, yeah, jabbing yeah. a little so bit of- We much longer. longer yeah, little like, really yeah, dark. yeah, a couple more minutes and this <laughs> might- yeah, yeah. yeah,
4: And also like for us, a big thing is like things don't have to happen in the order that they happen. They have to happen in order right. of when you need the information. Yes. Mm. And also in the same way as like a cold open, we'll often like have a joke from later in the video. I don't need to see the joke again later.
0: Mm, mm. The cold open happens, and it doesn't have to come right. back up. It doesn't yeah. have to come back. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. It, it's it, You've already seen it. Yeah. You already know that. Why mm. would I show you the same joke again? You've yeah. already seen the joke. Unless it's a really good. Unless joke. it's a... Yeah. Ma- now, if it's the if it is. If you like, see it again, because we don't, don't a have a lot any more context, context jokes. around <laughs> it. Yeah, around it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I've I've had an editor be like, "Well, if you move this later, like, does it make sense that it's at the top?" I'm like, "Don't worry about that. Yeah, just worry about that. It was funny. Yeah, was it funny in its context? Yes, and then." If you'll yeah, forget and did, about it.
0: Did it hook them to get hmm. to yeah, the next point? That's all that the, matters yeah. is
4: is that it's 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 it fulfilled its need by being appearing once.
0: It yeah. Doesn't need to come well, back. Well, let me ask, just because we're here, what is the recipe to a like successful Try Guys video? If you look at it and you're like, I know right now what's gonna work or what what performs, mm-hmm. what is that kind of equation? <laughs>
1: um we don't make as many classic try sure. videos. We, you know, food has been our best yeah. successor, but There's a through line in all of them, which is uh, we are going to do something that is related to a commonly held passion or identity. So whether that's ballet, oh, I grew up doing ballet, Mm. or my little sister did, or I've always wondered what that's like, or making a pie, right? That's something that people know about. Lots of people do, but a lot of people just buy frozen pies. Yeah, They don't know how to make a pie. Uh, So something that is like intimately known, uh, and then we have an expert who is going to be the source of um, Education. Uh, authority, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now we get to be the crash test dummies and the idiots. Uh, and then there's a lot with how we craft that as well, which is, um, you know, contrast editing. So expert says, now no matter what, don't do this. Cut to Keith doing this, yeah. right? That's, and we're not forcing that, but we find those moments in yep. the edit. Um, and also, we like to have uh, an arc. Most of our best videos will follow a three-act structure. Um, we have a first-act break. At the second-act break, we do have the Dark Knight of the Soul, where the character is at their lowest, so that we can then see them triumphantly rise and use something they learned earlier and succeed. Um, you know, it's we uh, we try and follow the tenets of traditional storytelling, um, and I think a lot of our best videos also have to have some stakes, whether that's yeah. a performance or Got it. feeding what we've done to, to an extra. Yeah, right. that, that's yeah. also a sense of reveal. Um, we learned really early on that audiences love a reveal. And once the reveal, I mean, this is, okay, so we talked about data. We still use data, um, you know, while we try to not we let data inform but not dictate our art. So we you know, YouTube has tons of incredible data, and that has informed how to make our content the best it can be. You also sometimes take that data and willfully ignore it to then make things you want to make. But we've learned a ton on how to structure our videos based on audience retention, and that's learning that. Once they see the big reveal at right. the end, the video the is over. over. Yeah. So now if you have any reflection where we've gone through this incredibly transformative emotional experience, you need to start hearing the reflection during underneath the and mm-hmm. during yeah. the final performance, the mm-hmm. final reveal, whatever. Because once we're done revealing, you got 30 yeah. seconds, yeah. video's yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. Tr- that's really good. I, that reveal okay. too is an honest moment for whoever's in the video one Mm -hmm. of you two to actually experience something for the first time right and actually capture a moment that was real and honest
4: right absolutely and you want to have like character growth right so at the beginning of a video not everybody is gonna want to do it some people might want to do it and maybe some person's like Could start with the, I've done this before, so I'm going to crush this. They end up doing like bad. And then there's someone who's like, I don't want to do this. I think I'll be bad at it. They actually throughout the video really like it and they do the best. So you have some sort of, there's multiple story arcs happening. And then in the format of a Try Guys video, there's often like little formats that happen. So yes. like maybe there's a little reaction mm. minute that's a reaction format that's buried in there. And then there's like another, there's a fax format and like a, a brief history of type Try format. on, taste yeah, test. Try, like, and mm. then they, so it's actually lots of little formats. And that's why you need lots and lots of music because you're really changing the pace and the mood of the video into little tiny chapters amongst the bigger three-act structure that's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we kind of go back to the first two-minute videos we made when we started at BuzzFeed. And we... We just kind of piece those together into a bigger mm. piece of media. Um, and and with what you said about arcs, um, I mean, that's just good storytelling. Yeah, that's going to yeah, be true him. on YouTube. It's going to mm-hmm. be true anywhere. If Keith is going to win this episode of Without a Recipe, I want to see him struggle. It is very boring if he succeeds the whole time. Um, And I also want to see him struggle in the right order. Sometimes we'll rearrange footage. Again, Mm -hmm. I don't care what actually happened. I want to tell a good story. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are edits that I've made where I've, you know, taken the, you know, the last thing that happened, which was this huge temper tantrum when we were babysitting toddlers. And I moved it to the front because I wanted the character sure. to grow. Uh-huh. I didn't it's yeah. not like if the character just ends with, okay, temper tantrum video's over, it's like, oh shit, you yeah. failed. Yeah. It, it was good yeah. for you the whole video. And now and you know, this one character, it was very, very boring, successful, 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 temper tantrum, video over. I rearranged the entire guts of that video to make it look like they struggled. They struggled, and finally found a moment of yeah. serenity.
2: Doesn't it feel so good to find one of those puzzle pieces and move it around mm-hmm. and just go, "Oh, better than That's exactly yeah. where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it, it is. There's this weird thing where when you're making, when you're like in the flow. You feel like whatever you're making is telling you what it wants to be, which mm. is such a hippy dippy shit thing <laughs> yeah. to say. You've yeah. taken but, enough mushrooms. Yeah. All of us have taken enough mushrooms for that statement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oops, time for my next. <laughs> yeah. show. Um, uh, no, but it is. It, d- it feels like, you know, there's a block of marble and inside yeah, yeah, yeah. is a statue and I just have to find it. You know, yeah. we we will f- shoot our, our video and that is the raw putty. Yep. And it knows what it wants to be and we just have to listen to it.
0: Colin sometimes describes it as like Queen's Gambit. Did you watch that show? Yeah. Where like the pieces yeah. are like moving mm-hmm. while you're laying in bed, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh. There also it is. fueled by drugs, mm. in yeah. that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Those were pharmaceuticals. More dangerous, True. Yeah. Pharmaceuticals. More dangerous.
2: True. sure. I'm just talking about general sleepiness and dreaming. Sure, yeah, yeah. Same. yeah, same, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. sure, same
0: effect. There was something when we were at BuzzFeed for that week that uh, just just remember that we think about all the time now, which they had us write down um, identities and emotions Yeah, uh-huh. and be like, who you know are you trying to reach? And what emotion are you trying to make them feel? And like mm-hmm. draw lines and be like, your content is a bridge for these people to transform into feeling this emotion, mm. uh, which was very profound and has mm-hmm. really impacted us quite a bit. Absolutely. And that's like true to the individual acts of a story. You know, it's true to the story in itself. It's true to the channel and the brand of, what you were trying to become, right? Of like, you were transforming people mm-hmm. through your storytelling. So that's something that I really took away from from that week at BuzzFeed that I really enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Um, when you guys made the decision to step out of BuzzFeed, yeah. how did you retain the name, The Try Guys? <laughs> Blood out long,
4: long negotiations, Was basically. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: because that that felt like, when I saw that happen, I was like, there's no possible way that you guys own 100% of that. Like BuzzFeed has to be involved because it was incubated within the confines of BuzzFeed. Which, which is generally, generally the terms of like yeah, how it works. If like you employment. work at another company, yeah.
2: if you come up with an idea at that company,
0: <clears throat> yeah, they, they
1: own it even if it feels like your idea. No, right? they owned it entirely. And so it was this long negotiation to figure out like, hey, you guys aren't going to do anything with this. We're leaving. We'd really love to not call ourselves the do boys. Uh, was that was that an option? Like, we had bullshit names and they all sucked. Coming off of,
4: you know, one of their many rounds of creative layoffs. And yeah. they don't want more bad PR either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if, if they want, if we left and couldn't retain it.
0: Because uh, you guys were very popular at this point. Very popular. Like you had a, yeah, a we were, serious audience. I would yeah.
4: say we were... at uh, more popular than we are now. Like we were just like it was. That was at the big the the pinnacle of what we were doing. We were doing really really amazing stuff. Our yeah. stuff looked awesome. It felt unique at BuzzFeed. It was the first show cast show at BuzzFeed. Now there's since then there's uh you know been the guys who are now in Watcher doing Unsolved yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. Steven Lim doing mm-hmm. uh, Worth, Worth It, it yeah. and uh and Lady Like Lady, Lady Like, Sophia, like and went off all these thing. other shows came about after the Try Guys because they never thought that they could do shows that were cast dependent because they didn't think they wanted that. Then they saw our success and they're like, okay, there's something. Now I will say the whole time we were doing it, they were constantly like, four of you working on one video doesn't make any sense. We don't want you to keep doing this. And we were kind of like, but it does four times as well as any of our individual videos. Yeah. (laughs) So like, why wouldn't we be doing this? Um. so there was always like a fight back and forth but then once they started selling branded integrations into ours and yeah. making a fuck ton of money they suddenly were like oh okay no did this is did you guys
0: get any you don't get a cut of branded integrations into that
4: we
1: yeah. from back
0: then Yeah. From back from then
4: a, a very uh, minuscule <laughs>
0: uh, got it
4: yeah, yeah. which is uh, part of why we love did it, did it Yeah. yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we get a really bad cut of it.
0: <laughs> did it did it feel kind of funny to be like that popular and be an employee at a company or like what does that feel like
1: um no it 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 felt frustrating and I don't know that it's purely the... Fu- I think they weren't built at yeah, that point not. for what we were doing. And mm-hmm. and the reason to leave is because I felt like we were in a box and the box yeah. was too small for what we were doing. I, I We had desires to uh, explore this this sure. property in a million different directions. We weren't doing merchandise. We weren't doing a podcast. We weren't making different types of content. We weren't... Yeah. Going on tour, writing a book. There were, there were. We saw that there was so much potential within this thing. And then I would have meetings where I was like arguing for next to three hundred dollars to shoot a video. And I'm like, guys, I can't fucking do this yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just let mm-hmm. me. Come on, I, you are <laughs> not paying me that. Yeah. You're paying me. I don't want to make it too much about money. Uh, yeah. But, but it's all about. But at money. that point, there's yeah, sure. an element but, yeah. of like we but are growing we, exponentially. Yeah. and not. We could be growing exponentially, and we, and we're not even able. It wasn't even but, like, about
4: money we were being paid, it was about money at our disposal to make better content. Yeah. Mm. It was the budget yeah. wasn't going up. Like yeah, and the, it was like, well, how are we supposed to I think the concept elevate our content if if we're being given the money to make a sit at a table taste test when we're trying to make a yeah. go out and mm. drive cars around a closed
0: course. But and, the business <laughs> concept of digital content, especially at that time, was like it, it should cost as little as possible. Right. right? So yeah. that the margin is just ludicrous, right? Yes. At some point, so yeah. that like your audience grows and the revenue grows, and that still is the benefit of digital content. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but I think that was the. I mean, Buzzfeed got a fifty million dollar investment, right, from Andreessen Horwitz. Sounds about right. I think it was so m- more than that. Ma- maybe more than that, <laughs> but just like the what the venture like the to to turn creativity into a business is a very delicate thing to do, and I don't know if I don't know who has done it right. Um, you know, when you zoom out at that scale. At that scale, it's very complicated to do. And I think even at the scales that we're doing it at, it's super complicated um, to turn just like loose, fun creativity into a P&L that works mm-hmm. uh, yeah. is super challenging. Yeah. It is. You guys made that decision though to jump and go independent. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm, it began, it, began it, it was a creative endeavor. It was, hey, there's a lot that we can do. And it seems like there's some money here to allow us to do it. Mm. Now, the the fu- our financial ex- success in the first few years uh, outpaced our expectations yeah. and then allowed us to grow faster and allowed us to do more. But our philosophy was always, okay, if we're going to get X in <laughs> for a branded video, let's deliver something to the brand and then use some of that money to make some cool shit that we actually care about. Got it.
4: I think it mm-hmm. used to be, though, that we would like – Use the brand of money for the video that the brain was on, and now it's a little bit more like the the brand of money still goes to something, but doesn't always necessarily go to the video that is sponsored, sure. you know. Yeah. But, but, like, we just really want when we have money to make stuff that looks bigger and feels bigger and like has more artistic stuff, we get to do that, and mm-hmm. it's awesome to do that, yeah. Uh, but back when we were at BuzzFeed, we really specifically at BuzzFeed we were like, Well, anytime this we're getting money to make this video. This video needs to be the most amazing thing we've ever made because we didn't want people to see a brand go on something and then it not be better. Mm -hmm. Like if we, if we are selling something to people, that's not just us, it
1: needs to be an unbelievable video itself. Mm -hmm. And that's also because we weren't, you know, it's like, look, I'm, I'm, sponsoring the movie The Shallow starring Blake Lively. I I'm not seeing that money, so let's do something really cool artistically because right. that's the way that I'm going to get paid as an artist. Yeah. I yeah. want to get paid by being able to make something that validation. I wouldn't be able to make yeah, otherwise. Point to something like, "Look at that. That's cool."
3: <laughs> I made that. <laughs> yeah.
1: And this this was us growing and and growing into ourselves as as young creators. Yeah. Was there anything that you
2: missed after making the jump about BuzzFeed?
1: Uh, just the people. I, just we we loved. Yeah, I mean, it was as we said, this incredible incubator. But we were able to replicate some of the things that we loved about it. We brought. I mean, the first thing we did when we started a company was bring in collaborators. We love collaboration. Um. Uh. We we took uh, our first editor, Devlin who we were like, you are incredible, we are nothing without you, come with us. We brought on a producer, we brought on uh, uh, two PAs, one of them, Miles, became our shooter, and then yeah. he now runs our podcast department, mm. YB is one of our editors, she worked with us at BuzzFeed in about, what, six months, a year in, at, at whatever point our non-tampering clause uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah, yeah. she was like, hey, I'd love to work for you guys, and we're like, get on and over And you here. had the capital
0: to do that at that time? Uh, we, fi- Yeah, we figured it out. That's amazing because yeah, that's, that's not an easy... Yeah. Like well, we four invested, people plus employees plus a place to work. Right. I mean, luckily
4: it was like, it was stair-stepped, right? So we we obviously invested our own money to start yeah. to hire the two people, the two or three people we had. And then what was actually really hard is that you don't get your first paycheck from YouTube until after you've been on yeah. there for a month and a half. Or right. you, well, you have to get on there to become
0: Partners. where oh, yeah. you
4: can get mon- money. And then you have to wait to get that money. So our first paycheck actually was Patreon. Uh, Patreon was hugely important to us, especially at our start, because we were, we simply would have actually run out of money if not for Mm. the first Patreon check that came through. And then the YouTube check came through and then other things started coming through. And then, and also we were able to make merch that, and it was the first time we had merch that we felt good about going out. So, So when we did get revenue streams, a lot of them opened up at the same time, which was great. But up for those first three months, it was like, okay. It was tight. I mean, I was literally on some of our shoots, I made chili, and that was the crew lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good chili. Yeah, it was I like chili. chili. I can make chili. That sounds exciting. But it was yeah. literally like, I, we right. simply do not have money. And our first Mm -hmm. videos, like even the Keith Eats Everything at Taco Bell was one of the first videos we shot. And we had only ever done one other eat the menu before. And and it was a tri-vlog thing where I ate everything at McDonald's. But like that was something we could afford to make. And it's like, well, maybe this will do just as well. It has a huge brand in it. So if it does really well, it probably gets good monetization. And uh, it did. Mm -hmm. And that's like we still make those today because they are very much in that digital way. Like they have very low cost. Hmm. And they, they, of uh, unreasonably yeah. high yield.
1: My memory of the first year is obviously compressed. But in the beginning, we were cobbling together equipment that we had owned from back in the day. And it's cool. I have this camera. Cool. I have this busted I light. I have a tripod. I have a C yeah. um, yeah. And then we were editing ourselves. And so Got it was it. just a, a gradual process of building the team up. And we were shooting. Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: like, I would be in front. I was like, okay, Zach, now you sit down. Yeah. And I'll run the cameras and yeah. I'll be running the sound. And, and it, I, I'm frankly like, you know, look, it's unsustainable. But obviously, I miss that energy. I, I think that there's a infectious quality to that content because it was so handmade um, that is hard to replicate. But it's we mm-hmm. could not sustain that forever because we we burnt to a crisp. <laughs> and at that time, everyone's focused on that one video for that period of time. I put my entire. Yeah. Life force mm-hmm. into every single release. No, we were
4: there, I mean, from 8 a.m. until 1 in the morning, like every day for yeah. the first several months. That's a I would beautiful... be sitting next to Zach and be like, and we really were stressing to make sure that, especially our first videos it had to be as a company, have yeah. to be in mm-hmm. be better. Be better. Be better. Yeah. Yeah. better So we were going to sit next to each other and we're going to watch this cut over and over and over. I'm like, oh, this joke would be funnier if it was a half a second. Yeah. And Keith track. and I
1: love doing the split <laughs> yeah, yeah. headphones yeah. where. Yeah. Start and yeah. stop. Start and stop. Yeah. yeah. The group edit.
4: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: The group yeah. edit. We love a group edit. Mm-hmm. Frustrating, but fun. Mm-hmm. And always pays off, honestly. Mm-hmm. It, it, does, it, it, does it does pay off. Always it's pay so off. grueling yeah. terrible to go through and edit with someone else, but uh, it look, works.
1: We are now responsible business owners, and so it's like you can't make every piece of content as good as it right. could possibly be because the amount of physical and emotional labor that goes into that is just unsustainable. Totally. Um, and that's something that I've really struggled with because- It doesn't feel good to put things out that, you know, in your heart are not as good as you could possibly do. It
0: feels even worse when you're like, that's a six out of 10. And then YouTube validates it and ranks it, you know, for you. And Mm it's like, that was actually a five, guys, you know, and you're like, oh, Oh,
4: okay. What's that say about the other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I I find sometimes that it's not even about being like good. It's just less me. Sure. Like, the further removed that's, sometimes that's that Samira yeah. and I are yeah. from an edit, I don't know necessarily if it's better or worse, but it's my idea of what's more me yeah. at the end when, the when mm-hmm. you know, at the
1: time all of you are sitting in that edit or you've got headphones on and you're watching every second. Yeah. I think that's a very apt and correct observation. Um, and And the thing that I think I psychologically struggle with the most and I go back and forth is what is the Try Guys? Is it my artistic expression because for many years for the good part of the last decade everything i did creatively and it don't just mean me it was everything mm-hmm. keith did <laughs> creatively everything you did eugene did creatively it was all of us was funneled into this thing and any idea i had any expression i had about the world was funneled through those projects now the company is growing there are a lot of people that touch it a lot of people who put themselves into it but as a result none of us put all of ourselves into it and so do I hold on tight Mm. and say this thing needs to be a reflection of the type of content I want to see in the world or do I allow myself to step back and the Try Guys now becomes an entity unto itself and it is no longer me and if I want to make my deep passionate art that exists Mm. somewhere else or maybe it exists as a subset within the Try Guys but the Try Guys is no longer mine. And that I don't know what to do about. That's a really scary thing. I think about that with our
2: channel being named Colin and Samir. Sometimes I wish our name was something other than our actual names. Because, yeah, I feel like it is my identity. And even as us, you see, we're in an office now. We have employees. We are, at times, removed more than we were five years ago from Mm -hmm. what we're making. And I do have that sense of, is what we're putting out under my name, half of my name, less of my true identity? at times than maybe it was three, four years ago when
0: we had less and had to Mm -hmm. be with headphones in between each other, making every little decision. And is that the inevitability of like media companies where like when Jonah Peretti was maybe more involved in the virality or the content creation process Mm -hmm. of Buzzfeed, that it was innovative. Mm -hmm. And as that becomes more and more of a commercial engine, when you commercialize creativity it it turns into a commodity of sorts that it has to be. It's productized. Every
4: company grows. The quality has to get thinner. Like a fast food. Sure. Yeah. Every Mm -hmm. fast food chain started as a restaurant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was a popular restaurant that got a second restaurant in the same town. And then it got a third restaurant the county over. And then somebody with money came in and said, I think this restaurant can be everywhere, but we're going to have to make some changes. Mm. And then- they do. And it gets really, really big. Uh, but like... Brent brain funnels things. Yeah. Fast I'm a very fast food, yeah, food yeah. person. <laughs> I, and I always, I always part, the, as silly as it is, I started the menu talking about the first one. Yeah. And then, and now it has 2000 locations. Like it's different. You know, uh the way Taco Bell started is, is very goofy, but it ultimately was, they wanted to make a restaurant that competed with McDonald's and they're already, it was too hard to compete with burgers with burgers. So... He, he made tacos.
0: Mm. It's interesting because it does have, like as fast food restaurants have more locations, they actually have more mass appeal. Right. right. But
4: but the quality actually yeah. has gone down, but mm. something about it, and it's often the efficiency of getting the food, right? Yeah. It, ultimately, it's the speed of which food is made is why we like it. It's fast. Yeah, and the
0: predictability. <laughs> and and, and I it's think, exactly the same. I, I think that is the, the, the thing same. from a consumer level in media, like predictability uh, actually matters, right? As you as you settle into a format, like I think about Retin Link and how they've been able to do Good Mythical Morning for as long as they've been able to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of predictability in that. Sure. You you go to that mm-hmm. channel and it's Good Mythical Morning.
4: We have done like a guest hosting yeah. once. It's a machine. Oh, yeah, 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 oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it being is, there, uh, you are literally a cog, even yeah. as the host. Like when we sat down, we're like, oh, it's. It is. It's you know. It's a live to take thing. It, yep. it moves very, very, very. It was so fast.
0: But that <laughs> engine is very crucial to a growth of a media company because yeah. then they also you know can dig a medium-sized hole on their Retin Link channel. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of like that has no predict. I have no idea what's going to come out next on the Retin Link channel. Right. And that's exciting. Um, but as a consumer, I know that Monday through Thursday, I can right. show up, and this thing's going to be there. And I think they've
1: in- done an intelligent job of automating the things that they they know. Yeah. need to be reliable, for sure. Which mm-hmm. then clears out their space to write a book and totally. write an mm-hmm. album and dig a hole. Yeah, uh,
0: but I, that's a hard thing for like an artistic and a creative person to do. Yeah. It's just hard because mm-hmm. you need a lot of people around you. Because I don't think creative people are consistent people,
2: <laughs> right? <No. laughs> <Yeah>. Creative <laughs> people. The best art has an end date. Yeah, yeah. right. Like yeah. truly, some of the best stuff that comes out, whether it's movies or like Bo Burnham's Inside, mm-hmm. oh, everything fell. They're yeah. Like, yeah, they're great. A, a limited great. ended it nine years because he yeah. knew he was like, it just shouldn't go on anymore.
1: Yeah. Every artist I respect knew when to get out and I don't,
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: but it's like is is that having fear? a big team. Uh, it's fear. It's a little bit fear. Yeah, absolutely. It's a question of like, will I ever be able to make something else like this? But right. it's also what we have allows us to do so many incredible yeah, that's things. True. So we get to make without a recipe, and for our, for my money, I think it is as good as any reality cooking show on TV. I think it's mm-hmm. better than shows that have been made. Mm-hmm. Maybe including Name ones. Them, yeah, yeah, let's call them out. We'll, we'll Name them, them. Uh, maybe hypothetically there was a cooking show that that involved people on, on YouTube, and they were on a TV show, and...
0: Oh I'm not going to call out This this our next YouTube boxing match? Whatever. We will never call? Yeah, I don't even
1: know where you're going yeah. with it. It was so. us. We made a TV. Yeah. We yeah. made a Food Network yeah. show. We no, made no, a Food Network show. Talk. Talk. We, we, oh, we covered okay. it in our newsletter. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it
4: didn't get picked up, so they agreed.
1: They didn't make any anymore. But we have a team. We have a team in the ability to make a show that is professional, is polished, is looks great, is edited great, you know, but to have that team in order to, to be able to move the mountains that it takes to make a show of that caliber, you need to have a company. Um, and in order to have that company, you need to have a certain output. Yeah. So I, you know, look, we know that we would be more successful if we, shut up and play the hits we have some shows that are more reliable and we've tried to do a good job of finding the ones that we enjoy you know Keith only does eat the menu because it crushes and he loves doing it's it it's fun and he's mm-hmm. figured out a yeah. way to make it into something that he loves by having guests and and telling jokes mm-hmm. right but we also still make really stupid random fucking videos totally. that our audience is like what is this yeah, Where did mm-hmm. that come from?" and yeah. that is us being bad business owners sure mm-hmm. but that's the only way we're going to get through this
2: yeah, I mean, We're trying to incorporate that right now. I mean, we've started having like meetings every Thursday morning to come up with concepts that truly don't make that much sense for the engine that we've built. Mm. And we're trying to figure out like how and when to make these videos that yeah. we just have to make. Or how do you else, make like, time for that? Yeah, we you need like, to make time you, for it because it's like essential to who we
0: are and how we came into this career in the first place. What's weird think- is when you know what's going to work but you don't want to make it. And I guess that's similar to when you talked about like the first, and you're like, I know that's the right idea, but I don't really want to make that one. You know? And I know this one's not going to perform, but I want to make it.
4: Right. Like we knew Try Guys put on big robot skeletons is not going to be the thing that our majority (laughs) female audience, you know, who grew up watching us because we, you know, helped, uh, other guys understand that they have a lot of harder stuff sure. <laughs> than us. Yeah, but we really wanted to drive a big old robot exoskeleton. Yeah, I sure. Mean, who, doesn't fu- yeah, who doesn't want to get in a gigantic mech yeah. and crush stuff? <laughs> of course, hilarious. Yeah, but yeah. It was like well, this video isn't
1: gonna. Be a slam dunk on yeah. our channel, but what an experience for us this mm-hmm, gets to mm-hmm, be. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> made an entire experience. scripted true crime mockumentary about the time someone <laughs> leaked a photo of my a video of my dick on the internet. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> not optimized to perform well, right, right. but goddamn, do I! Right.
4: Love. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's likely it won't perform well, and it can't make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Even like Shakespeare yeah. Live. Yeah, probably not in the like projected expected roadmap.
1: Right. Specifically, you know, the company was like, hey, this live stream was a great success. You should do another cooking video. And we're like, well, we don't really want to just run that into the ground. If we do that all the time, the audience is going to get sick of it. We're going to get sick of it. So this is, we hope it's going to crush and do well, but it's also, we need to keep it fresh for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think that at the end of the day, I mean, if I, we can broaden this back to business advice, right? It's kind of what this is all (laughs) about. Like there is a core of our audience who I think is, stimulated by that they want to see us do the weird and those are the ones that I'm doing it for even if it doesn't go as wide and as broad as possible I'm doing it for the real ones who want to see us put on Mm -hmm. Elizabethan costumes (laughs) and perform Shakespeare Mm -hmm. while holding kittens and there's a lot of
4: theater kids or people who have done theater I mean when I did my off-Broadway show people flew from all over the country and some people flew from the UK to see it and they said that I was living out a dream they had for Mm. them so like the Shakespeare thing can be like that as well Sure. Like because everybody who's ever been in any middle school high school college production has had that one thought go through their mind be like what if this was my job what if I was an actor And like so few people get to be actors I mean LA we have the most of them but even here there's so many people who move here and then move back it's hard because you you have to be really used to people telling you no and having a lot of time where you're not working and then you're, and it's just hard. It's hard mm-hmm. economically, but doing a, a theatrical thing and being on a stage under lights, there's something very special about that. And, you know, when, if we, hopefully us doing this, we'll have that same sort of like, wow, I always wanted to do Shakespeare in front totally. of people, mm-hmm. uh, or, or I've always been scared to do theater in front of people. And, and also it is live. It's not going to be live mm-hmm. to tape. It's going to be live, live. So. We we have to learn lines and maybe we'll forget them. <laughs> that, that's I the will stuff definitely that forget that. absolutely forget them. But then. that's
0: the stuff that builds like that deep connection. Yeah, you know, and I think that is so unique on the internet. In your guys' documentary behind the Try, which is a fantastic movie about wow. you, kind of the rise of of the Try guys and and chronicles your tour, um, which goes really into depth of these dynamics, and it reads a lot like a boy band, right? When you're watching Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, for sure. It definitely reads as uh, similar to watching something about One Direction or like another, like a a band that is reaching this level of fame and fanfare um, and navigating the dynamics, the interpersonal dynamics of that. I'm curious how those dynamics changed when you became co-owners of a business. Like the entrepreneurial stress of owning a business is very different from the stress of being on a production. Like the implications change when you're on set and you're like, is this going well? Changes when you are a business owner with employees, you know, compared to when you are trying to make a video that's, that's going to work. Especially the, the tone and the style of your videos is comedy and, and light. Just like, what, what was that going from like collaborators to uh, co-owners and then like, you know, managers within a company.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the first thing that we did was hire bosses so we didn't have to be the boss. Got it. And that was a damn good decision. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I to this day, have no interest in ever being a manager. I, I want other people to allow us to do what we do best, which is creativity. So we we, um, mm-hmm. had other people take on those. We replaced ourselves. Um, But yeah, there is still a huge amount of responsibility that we have. And I, I think it's just an increased sense of responsibility within the work, which kind of goes back to what is the Try Guys? Is it mine? No, it isn't anymore. It's this, you know, 20 plus people. This is their livelihood. (laughs) So it's it's, it's just a fundamentally different. How did you
0: find those bosses?
1: Uh, uh, one of them, Rachel, uh, was our first producer. She was, uh, just someone we'd worked with incredibly talented. Um, when she went on maternity leave, uh, she was going to be gone for six months. So we brought on, uh, Nick Rufka, who is now our COO. Um, he was someone who was out in the world producing, but was looking for a more stable job. I, I think what we've done time and time again is find really talented people and try and figure out, where they want to be and where we think their skill sets match up. Got it. Um, It's a lesson that I'm learning again and again is that, and with Nick and Rachel, they both hit it out of the park immediately. But we've had some employees where it's like, you are very talented. You're in the wrong role. Okay, I can get frustrated with you. I could fire you. Mm -hmm. Or I can look at our operations and say, how do we take what you do and make it work for us? And uh, you will find that if people are... Uh, happy and stimulated by what they do, it, they will do better work. Mm-hmm. They will bring yeah. more of themselves. They mm-hmm. will create more value for your company. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, everyone at a job, if there's one part of the job that you think
4: sucks, you don't do it well anyway. <laughs> Any job you'd have, yeah. it's like, oh, this part of my job sucks. I'm just really not going to do it very well. But if you can remove the parts of that person's job that suck and only give them stuff that is gratifying and good, they're going to do even better at all of those things. Uh, but it's, it's, Easy, I think, is uh, as a boss or being in charge to be like, oh, man, I want them to just get better at this thing that sucks. I know it sucks. That's why I don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't to do it. But you've got to find someone yeah. who doesn't think that sucks. Yeah, because yeah. And we've seen from BuzzFeed and other times, and I think you have probably seen it too, that sometimes creative people, because they have seniority at a company, someone decides they should be a manager of other creative people but they have nothing in them that Mm. wants to manage or is good at managing. So they become a bad manager Mm -hmm. and then the people under them really resent them. And then they resent the people under them because they're resented and that it creates a, a a relationship that's not helpful to anyone. And so it's like, just because someone's been there longer, sometimes you're like, well, I'll just put them in a new position, but that isn't the right answer because Mm. people who are really, really, really good at making videos aren't necessarily good at telling other people how to make videos.
2: Yeah. You got to find someone who is not interested in being creative but has empathy for the creative process and creative people.
4: Yeah. Or like has been creative but really wants to be uh, more about the the structure of things now, like I've just changed. I really found that I like this stuff more than I thought I did. And Mm -hmm. I want to do this. Then you get someone who is still learning, but they're excited to learn. So they're going to be getting better and they're more invested in doing it.
0: The thing I always wondered with the like COO role, which I think is become COO and president and CEO is becoming more of a prevalent role in the creator space right now. Um, And I think that's like, you know, we're probably now entering a point where we could use a, you know, operations person here. Um, that person, though, like Nick, still works f- for you guys. So sure. if Nick wants a raise, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he still comes to you, right? Yeah. Or if you need to let go of Nick, that's yeah. y- on you guys. Correct. If, yeah. if
1: yes, if <clears throat> ultimately... We got to. We still got to be the bosses. You and still have to be yeah, the bosses right. of
0: that. Which and, is, and we've had to do a lot of grown yeah. up
1: work that sucks. Totally. Yeah. Uh, we've had to rise to challenges that sucks. Uh, are as we started. Um, we used to be four people. Now we're three. There are a lot of responsibilities. We we divvy things up amongst mm. ourselves that Keith and I now do yep. that we never did. Um, and so we had to rise to that challenge. Find that we were actually we had it. Uh, talent and aptitude for things that we, d- where we didn't think we would excel. Mm. Um, and so part of that is confidence, but also part of that is, uh, uh, in empowering your employees to make good decisions. And so yeah. I think one of the things that we're really good at is being empathetic, uh, admitting what we don't know, um, and empowering people around us to make decisions. Um, you know, with the idea of, I mean, you asked many questions at once, right? But like Having a COO allows us to not worry about the operations. We have payroll and healthcare and uh, uh, people. You know, this is now their career. We have people who just celebrated five year anniversaries at the company. Oh, smoke! So That's
0: crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
1: nuts. Yeah. So we're like, okay, uh, they need some benchmarks. They yeah. need to know mm-hmm. that this is a job that they can see themselves in for. Ever, right? Or at least for the next five, 10 years. So what are those benchmarks? What are the salary raises? What mm-hmm. is their uh career longevity? Because we have incredibly talented people. And, you know, I know that not everyone's gonna stay with us forever. I I there's some people who their growth is going to necessitate just as we left BuzzFeed, they're gonna have to leave us. But for people that want to stay, I want them to know that there is a, a road for them. And what that road is, I want to be very clear with them. That ain't work I want to do. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Toy, I yeah. want to take shrooms and go to Mario World. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: For work. D- for hey, 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 for, for, for work. For all of you. you okay. Yeah, for, yeah. Because, yeah of everybody to else you to make your job. New yeah. content yeah. that pushes <laughs> the limits. Honestly, sounds like sound a good fun. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potentially overwhelming. Right.
1: I'd recommend mm-hmm.
0: it, but also fun.
4: Yeah. yeah. You can only do too many psychedelics in public, though, when you're a public figure, because people want to talk to you and then you're going
1: to get way in mm, your head about it. It was really? a small <laughs> dose. Yeah. Microdose. <Small laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah. That yeah. was working. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were on the job. <laughs> yeah. was, um, yeah. If I hadn't brought employees, I probably would have been a lot stupider. Yeah. But turns yeah. out 360 GoPros can make you look pretty convincingly high mm-hmm. without you having to. Yeah. That was a funny. That was so a good choice yeah. of camera yeah. for that video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was really the technology helped us decide the format.
0: Yeah. That. I guess what I'm curious about now is like how you have navigated the group dynamic of like what you do pour into try guys and then your individual projects, because I can also imagine that that might be challenging at times to be like, Hmm, that's a really creative thing you're doing with, with Mm Burger. Maybe that would have worked over here. And like, wouldn't that have been a good thing for you to do in the context of try guys And Lou Burger is your, how do yeah. you describe it? It's my comedy band. Yeah.
4: It's a, a you know, and uh, and we put up the musical, right? And yes, that, there's a world where I could have probably written a musical with, with Zach and right. Eugene and we could have done the same thing. Um, But it's like, I don't know if it's, if that's their goal as much as it is mine, mm. but it also fulfills my live performance need. I yeah. started out as mm. a live performer. I have a theater degree. I did improv. I toured with an improv group for four years out of Chicago. I, only learned video editing because I was trying to make sketches and I didn't have anyone to edit for me. And then obviously I learned a lot more about video production, stumbled into Buzzfeed, which we started out very low uh, uh, there, but we we moved up pretty quickly. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's stuff we want to do creatively and you, and also there's stuff that you have to do creatively on your own. Like Eugene has to do some of these things creatively on his own because uh, you know, he's a gay Asian creator and we are some straight white boys and pretty straight, pretty we are white. not the best people <laughs> to, to create yeah. what he needs to create totally. artistically to fill the niches he wants to fill and uplift the voices he wants to uplift. We just don't necessarily fit into that sure. as well. And I, I don't want to force myself into that yeah. because it's something he, and also some of these things are things he thought of 12 years ago
2: yeah,
1: before he knew me. From its inception, the Try Guys has always been our way to unlock creative passions that we have. And we said in the beginning that we wanted to use the Try Guys to make things together. We also wanted to use it as a platform to make things apart. That was from its inception when we we went off to do our company. That was the goal. Um, And it's this idea of we have this incredible audience. We have this Mm. intimate connection with them will they support us in our personal endeavors we don't want to just do one thing forever we want to do a lot of things mm-hmm. yeah. and they have been in, the audience has been incredibly gracious uh, in allowing us to do those things it's and it goes back to that central question of what, what is, is the yeah, try guys yeah, yeah. because we started it to be this jumping pad for us to do Launch pad's the word, not jumping. Pad. Jumping pad. Anyway, jumping Let's pad. call it no matter what. Our yeah. boing discs. Our yeah. boing boing mm-hmm. to uh, <laughs> to do all of the things that we dreamed of doing. Yeah, yeah. Um. But as we've gone on, it's morphed now into something unto itself. And mm-hmm. so there's gonna, I think, always yeah. be that push and pull of being like, okay, is it meant for me to mm-hmm. do my mm-hmm. fantastical dreams, or should it be a, a Entity unto itself. For me, also,
4: I go and do live performances, and women or girls or people bring their friends or boyfriends, and they don't know who I am.
0: Which is fantastic. Which is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love performing like, yeah. for
4: people and being able to see someone go from "I'm not interested in watching this show" to enjoying the mm. show. Yeah, that is what gives me and way to more not validation on your identity. Yeah. yeah,
0: not have any color of yeah, like. Mm-hmm that's the guy who tried on ladies underwear. Right. That's the guy who, yeah. you know, did that. Like, yeah. uh, just
4: like, I'm just some guy. Yeah. And like, a- <laughs> am I funny to you yeah. doing this thing? Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I think I am able to do. But maybe, I mean, I'm going to shows where the audience is over. They already like me. I could do anything on that stage for the right. most part. When we and went on gonna- to Guys tour,
1: yeah. it was like, just, they were eaten out of our hands. Right. Yeah. It was the most fun we've ever had, but, but you guys went hard. We I just didn't. want to no, know We did, we did do go hard. more because, than the average person, but like, because that's what it mattered to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's this double edge. I don't mean to. I want to hear all your compliments. They they mean a lot. You them. know
0: what? Because you cut me off, I'm not going to give. <laughs> okay. yeah, I'm not going to
1: give any of them. But yeah. it's yeah. like yeah.
0: I, I um, <laughs> look. I love when people
1: love me. It feels really good. But not to take ourselves too seriously. Here, we aspire not to be content creators. We aspire to be artists. And. Yeah. To have someone only like what you do because they like you or an idea of you, now that doesn't feel so good. Mm. I want you to love the art I make. I want people who don't know me to see this thing and go, holy shit. Now, I probably should go and look at the try guys as a whole and say i have made this entity that deeply impacts people that's helped them interpret their place in the world uh, and i do feel that sense of pride mm-hmm. it's it's you know some, it's helped people get through things it's helped people understand who they are it's helped people embrace parts of their identity but over time now that morphs into people just they want to support you and they love it because they love you i want to now create art that is that is great not because you like me but because the thing that my brain made is
0: yeah, connects with mm-hmm.
1: yeah. fucking awesome.
2: Which is essentially maybe what you felt at the very beginning of the truck yeah. Guys. So yeah. yeah. this kind of our collective brains. And right. we, yeah. we when did we something. I think it's you a good know, problem to have. But. Our first
1: yeah. mega hit
4: was the, the pregnancy series, mm-hmm. the labor pain simulator, the pregnancy bellies. And to us, that was way more gratifying than the other stuff because now we had interviews of people sharing their actual experiences. So it wasn't just us like learning things on camera, but rather people who had learned things, sharing their perspective. And then you get to see us goofily, like roll around in pregnancy bellies, but you're hearing from real parents. It who felt are like, more artfully mm-hmm. creative. It, it felt yeah, like yeah. art. And it was like kind of a, It became. It start, that's when it really became more of a show and less of videos. Yeah. And And we have both now. We have videos that are, part of the show and videos that are videos and series Mm -hmm. that are different. And, and then we have competition cooking shows. So we have a whole, Mm -hmm. we have a much wider
1: spread of content now. I guess what I'm trying to say is do you, I think a lot about the difference between content and art. Yeah. And again, I, I, I don't mean to sound too pretentious, but I want to make art. And I, I think content is meant to flow through you. You scroll through TikTok, That's content. You read some tweets. That's content. It's meant to, uh, satiate you. It's meant to yeah. help you mm-hmm. through life because life is, f- life fucking sucks. Work sucks. I need to shut off my brain and watch some content. I'm going to fold mm-hmm. laundry and watch The Bachelor. That shit is content. I don't, we make content. We make content a lot. Yeah. Mm. That's a necessity of our job, but I don't necessarily feel good making content. Mm. Um, and so that's, that's, that's
0: the struggle that I feel when I, when I lay down mm. at night. How much do you <laughs> connect with the craft of, being a youtube creator. Like how in the weeds are you uh, on youtube? Because i i do think that I, what i've noticed is I think i'm a
1: self-loathing youtuber. Is, yeah.
0: The craft of making a good youtube video has so many other elements uh than the craft of making a, a good video or a good art, right? Like sometimes i'll look at some of our our work and i'll be like that was a g- that was a good video, but the thumbnail was excellent, so it dominated yeah, sure. and that oh, yeah. was an excellent video, but we really couldn't encapsulate it well. And right. it just tanked. That's, but like the AVD is really high. Like people really liked it who watched it, but we mm-hmm. couldn't get enough people in the door. Like uh, it's, it's tough. Cause we, well, we talk as much about like, I want to make art. I don't like making content
4: at the same time. You have to sometimes be like, if we can't think of the title and thumbnail for this video, we shouldn't make it. Of course. There's no one's going to watch it. Yeah. If, if you can't sell the video before someone's watched it, it's kind of a waste of your time to make it to begin yeah. with. If, which you is, a,
2: if your intention is a business. If and your you have intention is yeah.
4: for people to watch the video, if you can't make a poster and a title for it that works, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because people won't watch it.
1: There's a lot of YouTubers now who grew up watching YouTube, consuming YouTube and wanting to make YouTube. Um, And they are they are students of YouTube. That is not us. Yeah. Uh, Keith comes from a live performance improv background. Eugene and I went to film school. We wanted to only make movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I when when I'm thinking about how we shape our videos, I'm not thinking about retention time. I'm thinking about Joseph Campbell. (laughs) It's like that's how I'm approaching the the craft of our videos, and so from the beginning, we felt that we were somewhat accidental YouTubers. Mm. We we fell into this because. Keith needed, we all needed a job, right? Mainly
0: because like, Keith needed no, well, a No, like, yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think yeah. how you got
1: there. Like you were like, I, mean, I, I need didn't a job. job. Um,
4: I literally, I only had taught myself how to light things, how to shoot things, how to edit things. I had no formal training. So I yeah. went to BuzzFeed as an intern thinking I will go here for three months. They will tell me what I'm doing wrong. I will learn how to do something better. And I will leave and continue making weird content. That's mostly bizarre sketches on
1: the internet, but yeah. I'll be better at it. Right. Mm. Similar. I was like, just totally fucking depressed and was like, I was like, hey, I need a job where I'm actually making something. And when I got there, I found it intoxicating. I think that's what I mean when I say, like, I woke up from this fever yeah. dream. It was mm. like, this was never the plan. And we mm. didn't want to do right. YouTube. Right. Um, and along the way, we have found that we are very good at it, very good at parts of it. We've become experts at part of it, but there's still that, you know drumbeat in the back of our heads, saying, Hey, this wasn't the goal. Uh, the goal was not to become YouTubers. It was not to create a YouTube company. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't Hmm. consider myself the best YouTuber. I don't think I ever will be. Um, and it's probably because I don't want it as badly as a lot of these people. do. I think what's interesting though is like,
2: you can't share that role of the, the YouTuber in the group equally. Like the, you know what I mean? Like if everyone enjoys the personal projects now, and it was part of the reason for doing this, but now you have an engine. How do you handle who is like try guy number one? (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. To make sure things come out as creative projects are happening, do you switch? Like we haven't brought up Eugene much throughout this conversation, but like clearly, you know, that was something that Eugene, his role was something he talked about in the documentary years ago of like how much does he want to be involved?
4: Yep, for sure. I mean, and that's because like, YouTube good YouTube content is limiting in some ways, right? Like it you can't yeah. n- not everything works on YouTube. Especially if they keep changing literally what can work well on YouTube. Like it's a it's a mm. changing platform. I'd say Zach of us is the best at as the content is coming out making sure it it is Good enough. Like he's he's you've got an incredible brain of like knowing where are going to be the times where people are going to check out of a video and giving the pro- appropriate notes to that video to get it better. I am the best at like being in a lot of videos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Truly, yeah, he's our he's our pure performer. Yeah. You yeah. you complimented me, so I got you. Uh, yeah. He's no, our pure yeah. performer, and he's also an idea machine. Um, and just has a really good savvy. Uh, for for knowing what is going to connect with people on a base level. Uh, and and I think, you know, look, I, I love complaining. That's what I'm doing. And I'm telling you all the (laughs) things that we do bad and why we suck at this. But, uh, (laughs) It is we've we've found the parts of the job that we love. And so for Eugene, I think in the behind the scenes there there was less that he loved. Yeah. And so it was he was like, okay, how do we've all just found the parts of the business that we enjoy doing. He really loves branding and thinking about our our outward uh, uh strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really loves like sinking his teeth into our bigger projects and he loves performing. Beyond that, the projects that he wants to work on are, are right now outside of us. And we are, as from yeah. our inception, creating space for that to happen. I love working with edits. That is where I have fun. And so that's what I do. I work with our, our editors. I give notes. Um, I think about pre-production with our producer. Um, I, I think about how to structure the storytelling and new ways to structure our storytelling. I think about how we're shooting things. Keith loves performing. And so that is what you're going to see him doing a lot, spending a lot of his time yeah. doing. He loves coming up with new ideas. Um,
4: but you know, like you were talking about like, what is the try guys? Like, what are we like? How to I think that it has always been the secret to why the try guys is so good is that the, that we were all different. Yeah. That our backgrounds are different. Our wants were different. Our things that we thought would do better were different. Our interests are different and it did create a way for us to, both divide and conquer and unify and conquer over things. And like, we just know what our strengths are and we also disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to work through something that uh, appeals to both people. Uh, like, you know, we just all come at it. It's such a different way and from a different background. So the content has multiple perspectives, even the whole idea of like, what, what difference it's like try guys from like jackass is that we don't always want to do what we're doing not all of us at least. Mm. And we're jackass. They're all like, all right, we're all going to go in there and, and uh, chop our dicks off.
1: Um, and they're all like, we're <laughs> going to do was it. a good one. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, like even Theory, they seem yeah. gung-ho as hell. You made that comparison earlier. Yeah. I'm like, no, those guys are fucking crazy. They but they're also,
0: the, the group looks different now.
1: Yeah, sure. Right? True. Like
0: it's heavily led by Thomas. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and the, the content looks different. It's a yeah. lot more travel centric. It's right. a lot more yeah. exploratory. Like that has also changed. And yeah. I think, when Colin was saying that I was thinking about Thomas, Thomas is very much like Mr. Yes. Theory YouTube. Yeah. He's in, he understands YouTube really right. well. He'll make 11 different thumbnails. Right. And he'll like look at them and study yeah. them and he'll show them to us. And he will be like, which one stuck out to you? Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is all about, you know, how to, how to make these, this dream show he's always wanted. How does that intersect with YouTube? He is very good at that.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I, I guess the answer is it's it's us. I mean, it's we're, all yeah. of us. And, yeah. and and we
4: yeah, we're none of us is Mr. YouTube, but we all have some of the building
1: blocks of Mr. YouTube at yeah. mm-hmm. at, at our company. We I, wouldn't still be doing this if we didn't love it. If you didn't, if we it, didn't yeah. find parts of this yeah, job of that we just fucking love. And it's the experiences that we get to have. It's the ability to tell these great stories. Um and and the actual like nitty-gritty of the work. Mm. I mean, we were when we were filming our food network show. I was like, "Ah, God, this takes so fucking long. And I was like, you know what would be cool is if we could do something like, couldn't we do without a recipe but flip the script on on the experts? Like, I want to see a really incredible chef have to present something that sucks. And I rode from two, one location to another with our producer, Rachel. And I was just like pitching this really mm-hmm. fuzzy idea. And I got out of the car and I said, guys, I got a new show. Mm-hmm. And we we spit it back and forth. We we mm-hmm. came up with some gamification ideas to it. And soon enough, we had phoning it in, which is now our second or third biggest show. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that speed, that ability to yeah. just have an idea and have the team around you to, to nurture that idea and then to execute it at a really high level. That is something that is so uniquely awesome totally. to YouTube. We we get to, we don't have a gatekeeper. We get to green light our own ideas. And so that is a huge blessing and something that I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah. green. Yeah. Yeah. That is the best part of YouTube uh, and of internet creation is that basically you decide what you put out there. If we tried to make that show in a traditional way, we would have... Uh, Pitched it to yeah, yeah, all the fucking networks. Yeah. It would have been a four it's month a process. process of pitching. Yeah. Maybe one of them says yes. Then we get into business affairs. It takes six months and then they go, oh, the writer's strike's happening. We're not actually yeah. greenlighting anything. Then maybe it takes like a year. You get the contract down and you yeah. go, okay, they're only green lighting a pilot and actually you guys are only getting paid $500 a day. Right. Like it just, it would have taken years of our fucking life. It would have gotten watered down. And by that
0: time, the idea is not good anymore. The idea is yeah, not good anymore. Good. They they don't care much about it. It. No one cares about it There the would have been yeah.
1: 8,000 hands touching it and they would have changed it. Instead, had an idea. We, yeah. we tested it. We said, this is cool. We shot it. It was the brain trust of me, Keith, our producer, Rachel, and our editor, Devlin. We figured it out together and it's fucking awesome. Mm. <laughs>
0: and that's it. Like momentum is uh, so incredibly important to creativity. Like the mm-hmm. distance between uh, an idea and creation has gone like this, right? It's like way shorter of a gap between idea and creation. Yeah. And that is you know, allows for that momentum to just like continue and go like, there's nothing that kills a creative project like that. Right. Like they, it's all of a sudden being like, okay, let's think about this. And then it's like three months later and you're like, uh-huh, it's, it's yeah. not there anymore.
4: I also like, uh, the longer we have relationships with different members of our team, the more I understand why like, uh, directors famously have Editors, they work with yeah,
0: that they only work with. Them. They just yeah. like because they get
4: it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a
0: nonverbal language. There's having like, yeah, having
4: worked with editors that didn't normally make our shows, I, we have to. I we have to go over there and mm-hmm. sit with them and explain to them and help them get it, and they Fucking never torturing. really yeah. get comedy. it. They may not have the, the yeah. vocabulary. Comedy especially is like really how hard. Our comedy works yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Like comedy we hard. have a. There's an expectation of our characters, but also even how we deliver jokes and how, what the pace yeah. of our content mm-hmm. is. Like we,
1: Every time we get a new shooter or someone behind camera, it's like, ugh, they don't know how to do the little bumping right, on the right, right, joke. Right, it's right. Just, yeah. There's a lot of these intangibles into mm-hmm. the, the creation that makes it something we like versus something we don't yeah. like. Do you, when you look out,
2: do you think there's another traditional media project that the Try Guys do? Like to a big degree, obviously the Food Network show, like you still have aspirations.
4: Oh, to do something. Like when you look at
2: the next five years, I'm sure individually you have aspirations to do things that intersect with traditional media. But as a group, do you feel like, oh, like our biggest project has not been done yet outside of like releasing it on our own?
1: I think, like, us coming together as a group is going to be more seasonal, right? We're going to be uh, doing these big live stream events. Uh, we're going to be doing our tentpole seasons, like, without a recipe. Years ago, we did this series called The Dirty Tour where we raced things that shouldn't be raced, like swamp boats, et cetera. We've talked about doing another season of that, right? I I, I think, though, that the majority of our content, we're, we're having fun broadening it, bringing in new people who... Yeah. Uh, who can try experiences and have fresh takes on them. We're just, I mean, it's necessity. It's also artistically interesting to, to broaden the try guys and then let when the three of us come together, feel like that event Big deal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think a lot of the big projects that we want to do for the next couple of years, at least are going to be things where by necessity, we, we spearhead them solo, but find ways to bring it back mm-hmm. to the company. I would love to make a movie. I don't think that movie is going to star me, Keith, and Eugene. I just don't think that that is the kind of role that Keith and Eugene want. I think that what I want to make isn't going to align with what they want to do. But I think that there's a huge opportunity to still have it feel part of the narrative of what the Try Guys Mm are creating um, and it's either directly having the production company do it because our production capabilities, the team that we work with is just out of this fucking world or it's because I'm bringing people along on the journey. Fred, and like we
4: root for each other in our individual pursuits because it still makes the brand look great. For sure. If Eugene can sell an amazing show, that's awesome. Right, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. That's really totally. good. Totally, yeah. That's really if, if if Zach can make a film
1: and it doesn't involve us at all and it, it's a success, that's even better. Yeah. Because- if I, you know, <laughs> part of the the model for the short film is like, cool. Can we show this higher tier production capability? Who knows what type of work that may lead to in the future? Can we take on a? Uh, 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 can we do something like what Portal A does and produce? probably not YouTube rewind, but high tier commercials yeah, for totally. other mm-hmm. brands that live on YouTube. Is that like,
0: something that happens right now? Like does the production company produce kind of just like not, branded content not ads? Currently. Not currently. Not uh, currently. Just, just for it, us It's just channel. internal. So, yeah. but, and, but is this structure like production company and then other company that holds the IP of Try Guys? Or is that all one company?
1: Right like, now, it's all one it's thing. It's all one thing. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, right now it's all one thing. Got it. And when you look at like... That you were saying, like the Try Guys YouTube channel is the primary source of revenue. The but you've expanded into other content as well, mm-hmm. yeah. like podcast network mm-hmm. and um doing other our live
4: streams and live streams. So. Obviously, we have merch. It's not a huge.
0: Sure, we've talked about of, doing another
1: YouTube channel. It's just a kind of a bandwidth thing.
4: And yeah, that's mm-hmm. a big how much thing. do
0: yeah? It puts <laughs> totally. to put so
4: much into its launch. Oh my god! And yeah. it's like it's it's a risk. Is it, and it, it's always like, as the years go (laughs) on,
0: as the years go on, I feel like that creeps in more and more where the risk management becomes such a big part of a creative company Right, where you're like, if that was, you know, year one, you might be like, yeah, of course, let's start a new YouTube channel. And then as the years go on, you're like, okay, that is a, that, that that level of risk might not be the thing we want to endure right
1: now. Right. When Um, I said it at the beginning and I mean it, you're, you're, seeing us at a, a nexus point, we're in between. I, believe it or not, we've, we're still recovering yeah, uh, and getting mm-hmm. our footing from what happened. Our content, the reverberations of the change and the way that we were thrown off course are still felt in our content. And we're now getting our footing back and kind of getting back to what we want to do. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited totally. to see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for coming out here. Yeah, I know absolutely. in LA, this is like a, you know,
1: it was a big yeah. Yeah.
0: ask. Yeah, yeah, it's a big it, ass. It was a, it it was a, big a little ask.
4: bit of a track. but yeah. honestly, it was. It's exciting to be on the show. You guys do yeah. a great job of uh, furthering. What, how people can understand what it is that we do. Mm,
1: I told I you guys the first that. time I met you that I watch you all the time. And weirdly, for whatever reason, I watch you while working out. Mm. You so did say that. I'm the yeah, only yeah. person in the world that I'm 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 doing push ups and binging. Uh, you're and you're not the only person. We get that yeah.
0: feedback a lot. And I think it's so interesting to do this show and think about people lifting weights. Shout you know? out to everyone who yeah. just yeah. finished on the yeah.
1: treadmill. You did it. <laughs> you did it. Yeah.
0: Watch out for those picture frames behind you. Yeah.
4: Please. Be aware of your space.
0: <laughs> one random try guys, uh, my family fact is that in some we've area, reached that point. We've reached okay. that point. We're at the oh, end of the uh, pod, I so it, I figured yeah, I could episode. just can't wait. I just
1: figured I could. We we're talking about family fact. Um, yeah, well, yeah. I've worn your brother's it, shirts.
0: Yes, and Eugene also wore uh, my family's clothing line in one of your guys' PR shoots, and it was like a big deal mm. in our family. Big deal, yeah, uh, it, I think that photo is printed out in my dad's wow. office. Yeah, it's uh, you guys are all in red, and Eugene is wearing like this red Hawaiian uh, kind of printed shirt. okay, yeah,
1: so uh, i'll I'll deepen the family lore. okay. Let's is do it. that uh, that sh- that actually caused a fight as well.
0: that, that shirt? shirt? Really? Yeah because let's, okay,
1: okay, so we were on the shoot. <laughs> And uh, it was a YouTube shoot. They gave yeah. us the clothes and I was like, oh, these are dope. Yeah. And we were like, for, for, first of all, Keith just left assuming that he could keep it. <laughs> yeah, I left. Uh, <laughs> I was he he wasn't wearing Ragamon.
4: But I was wearing like Ted Baker and well, hold on. I, I drove all the way to Marina <laughs> yeah. Del Rey to do this photo shoot right. for free for them to show to brands, for them to make money and yeah. hopefully make me some money as well, but mainly for them to make yeah, money. And then I was like, okay well I'm wearing it so I'm gonna leave and yeah. I was like I wasn't supposed to take that sweater I was like they can afford it
0: right yeah, yeah. It feels totally mean, you, you guys drove cross town yeah. to come yeah. here we we for were us we gonna keep, we'll be stealing uh, stuff yeah, on we, my yes. way. You, you have every right to take whatever you want from I'm taking more of the yeah. money
2: <laughs> please
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Eugene and I made the mistake or
1: rather I we stood behind him like oh can we keep this and they're yeah. like let me go ask. they do this whole thing and they say you both can keep it and I'm like wow yeah and Eugene's like, you seem like you really want the shirt. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, I because mean, I was complimenting him mm. all day. We were both wearing Ragamon. Mm. And I was like, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's an amazing shirt. You yeah. should, what? And he's like, no, you, you seem like you really want it. You take mm. it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, so man. I kept the shirt and that uh. shirt that he wore, I started, it's a fucking great shirt. I worked yeah, it for great years. Shirt. Years later, yeah. he called me out on it and he was like you stole that shirt from me. I'm like, no, 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 no. You said that you didn't want it and therefore Mm. I could take it. He's like, no, you were making it really clear that Mm. you wanted the shirt. I'm like, no, I was complimenting you because you didn't like that you were in shorts and you were unsure of your Mm. look and you looked great. So Mm -hmm. it was this, he was like holding it for years and finally it came out. But I will say, that this shirt is the gift that keeps on giving. I was at a, a Florida Keys wedding. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, well, we got to wear our, our yeah. dope, flowy shirts. So I gave that shirt to one of my best friends in the world, uh, wow. my friend Eric. I let him wear it and he loved it so much that I was like, you know what? Wow. You go Look, Look at this that. This the traveling this, shirt. Yeah. This the shirt, Because I've worn the fuck out of that shirt. Yeah. And also, I don't wear it around Eugene right, <laughs> because right, I right, know right. how he yeah.
0: feels. <laughs> What an unbelievable so, narrative that yeah, this shirt wow. has created. So yeah. It's yeah. And he wears it yeah.
1: all the time now.
0: Wow. So he loves Eric, that shirt. So, so we're it.
2: moving this shirt story cold open or. <laughs> right. right after yeah. Intro. No, this shirt right. story is right. the cold open of the be spot. early on. Okay.
0: Right, right. <laughs> uh, you gotta, you always got
4: to push the brand. The yeah. last thing I, I wanted to. Sauce.
0: To leave.
4: <laughs> 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 we should give you guys yeah, some place we'll in the to description. Plug. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll put the hot sauce. That's what you eat the menus for. Yeah, that's, that's why you're really, here yeah. is to that's promote true. the sauce. I actually forgot to bring you guys sauce. I'll have to mail you some. Mm.
0: That'd be great. Yeah.
4: yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks. Thank you. Guys. Thanks. Yeah. Later. See ya. Bye.
0: Quick end. So we keep retention. Yep. You know, you that's how you have to do it. Yeah, yeah, it's over. Yeah, you wouldn't even want to
4: include this even if it was funny.
0: Right. Yeah. Like if you say something really good right now, we won't
4: include it. Yeah, you can't use it. RUN